0: Hey, welcome to the Wise Guys, the number one BYU sports live stream show in the entire world. Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler, so good to have you with us. You wouldn't even think we're in January with so much stuff that we yeah, have going on. Yeah,
1: I mean, and we've got, we've got three phenomenal guests on with us tonight, so um, it's going to be a great treat. Um, I, spe- I love that our first guest is in studio with us. Yeah, yeah and first he's ready all, to go. I, I love that he's still a cougar. And and I love that he's in studio with us. Um, Ben Bywater is going to be here with us. Uh, Before we get into who we've got, though, make sure you follow us on YouTube. Um, We'll put the link in the chat for all of this stuff. But hit the subscribe button. It's free. We're also live on Facebook, Twitch. Um, and your clearinghouse for everything that we do is ysguys.com. So go to ysguys.com and make sure you subscribe there because if you do that, you're going to get our weekly email. It's going to have highlights from the show, all of our past interviews, um, including folks like Steve Young and Danny Ainge, Wally Joyner, uh, Marie Osmond, Jim Refred. I'm just throwing some off the top of my head right now, um, but, but great, great list of guests. And uh, And there's a
0: great interview there with Kyle Van Noy, who's a game away from the Super Bowl that you'll want to go to check out. uh, His story, I think we have an hour and 50 minutes with Kyle Van Noy at YSGuys.com. Check that one out. By the way, Robert's first one in the house out of Ridgecrest, California. Welcome to the Wise Guys. And Glenn from the Philippines is in. Uh, Let's see, Jess from Saratoga Springs, Utah. Uh, Let us know where you're viewing listening and participating with us and send us your questions. We've got an awesome show. Uh, BYU linebacker Ben Bywater will be with us, get the latest on his health as BYU prepares for its second season in the big 12. We're also going to ask him uh, for his take on uh, Fred Warner and Kyle Van Noy playing at such an elite level and what that means for a linebacker who also wants to join the league after next season and, uh, and start uh, making a living. And and there's such a
1: great legacy at that position um, at BYU, um, and not just what they've done in college, but with with those guys playing at the level they're playing at, and you throw in Sione Takitaki, who had another good season uh, with the Browns, it's a position where BYU's consistently um, generating NFL, not just NFL players, but guys that are difference makers. Like Fred Warner's the best linebacker in the league. He's the best defender in the league, period. First-team All-Pro, unanimous. Every ballot, unanimous first-team All-Pro.
0: And I think they're going to reunite in the Super Bowl. I think the Ravens and the 49ers are going to get through this last week. Kyle,
1: when he was on the show, it was so fun because he said, you you remember this, Dave, where he said, yeah, I'm a veteran, so here's what I'm doing. I'm trying not to go to camp because you just get tired (laughs) going to camp. So... My agent has some leads. We're going to go to a good team, but it's going to be after camp when the season starts and they're going to need somebody.
0: And we're like, we're saying, Kyle, you're broadcasting your strategy to everybody. Like you're telling
1: everybody. He's like, it's okay. <laughs> I'm established and I'm not going to wear my body out and I'm going to come in and I'm going to contribute. And then he also said this, which wasn't bragging because it was just fact. Every defense I've ever been a part of when I've joined it, it's got better statistically, not just because of my play, because I understand defenses and, and, and I can help other guys get better in that defense. So no matter where I go, they're going to be better defensively than they were when I got there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and well he's said. not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> Former BYU basketball star Jeff Chapman is going to join us from New York. Uh, he'll size up life in the Big 12 and talk about Ali Khalifa's passing ability as a big man. From one big man to the other, yeah. that's going to be a great conversation. And then Mark Durant will be with us to preview tomorrow night's showdown against fourth-ranked Houston at the Marriott Center in one of the biggest games that uh, that Provo's ever hosted. Yeah. I mean, there aren't that
1: many. That's I mean, one of them. You can think of Gonzaga games and, and the W Gonzaga and the WCC, you know, coming in with their national rankings. But in this league, this is the third ranked team in a row. Yeah. For this basketball team, but and having a team that that's a projected one seed in the NCAA tournament that's this high in the net that's this rank, ranked this high is a big deal. So I hope that the Marriott Center is to the rafters with fans and just a nutso environment. Yeah, will be that, fun. That makes you know what in this league and we'll talk a little bit more about it but anyone can beat anyone at home and anyone can lose to anyone on the road we, we, we just gave you a few of the accolades of this Houston team and how good they are they're 0-2 in the league in conference on the road It's going to be something. We'll
0: be on the pregame show on BYU TV at 6 o'clock Mountain Time. The game's at 7 on ESPN, plus more of those details coming up. Let's jump into our headlines. Uh, The Athletic reporting the Big 12 is going to announce their fall football schedule on Tuesday, January 30th. That's next week. They told us the middle of the month, but really what they meant was the end of it. And uh, that's when we'll find out the dates. Right. We know uh, uh, know who uh, they're
1: playing, right? yeah, Yeah. We just don't know the order. We know... We know their preseason is Southern Illinois. They're going to be at SMU, at Wyoming. Um, and we know that, you know, the teams they have in the Big 12, and whether they're home or away, Know we know that Houston and Kansas are at home. We know that Baylor, Arizona State are away. Arizona's at home. Oklahoma State's home. Like Think about the teams coming into yeah. to, to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. You've got, um, in the league, Kansas, Arizona, Oklahoma State, and Kansas State all come into to Provo. That's pretty fun. Yeah, and we just want the dates. Yeah, and then, and then we want to know the when road, the Utah game is. Like on the road at Baylor, at Arizona State, I think those are winnable games on the road. Um, at Central Florida, um, and Way's familiar with 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 that. Um, and then and at Utah, and we're all just keeping our fingers crossed that that Utah game is Thanksgiving weekend,
0: as it should be, which would be really It'd fun, be the restoration and, of all. And things. the way the
1: league starts and the way the fall sets up, there's a potential to have two buys, and and this fall schedule where you have two buys, which would be really nice. Um, I like one six on the sixth week. You like the same thing because we want them to have um, the traditional weekend off. If you can't play a Friday game with yeah, Utah State take it off. on uh, conference weekend, take it off. And then I like them playing four games and taking another bye and finishing up with three games. I think it keeps people healthy, so let, let's see if it works out that nice. What you don't want is like a buy two games in and another buy yeah. f- four games in, and that's it.
0: So those dates are coming. Hang in there. Uh, quarterback Gary Bohannon is going to join the Wise Guys on Monday, February 5th. Excited to visit with him about the new team when well, the fall schedule will be out, and so we can talk about mm-hmm. that as well. Uh, I'm excited to talk to Ben Bywater before the schedule comes out, because he's going to get a second shot of the Utes no matter when they play. Right on. And the last shot he had maybe against the Utes, I beat him.
1: Maybe that's why he came back.
0: That might be. It's our pleasure to welcome. Welcome, uh, Ben Bywater to the Wise Guys. He's on the men from shoulder surgery back in November, getting ready for his final season at BYU. One of the great personalities on the roster and we've had a chance to call his games and get to know him for for some time welcome to the wise guys pull that thing right under your chin and we're good to go right here how are you i'm good how are you how are you feeling let's start with the the number one question that fans might have if they could get five minutes with you how's your shoulder
2: it's good it's good we went under the knife in november so took my sling off and i've just been rehabbing but it's been good Can,
1: can you lift yet
2: like heavy no yeah so like the, the the timeline usually is right so you get the surgery you're in a sling for about four to six weeks and then for the next six weeks you're just taking it light right you're range, bands, of range of motion yeah kind of isometrics so you're trying to get some blood flow and recovery but you're not like cranking the weight so
1: yeah i've just been doing that. Is, During- that is that is that hard for you because like i know you well enough to know you love to be in the weight room right you you love idea, yeah. you love it um you, you get a lot of work done there. You're big, big, strong dude because of it. Does so it just drive you nuts when you can't get in there and go after it the way you want to?
2: It, and you, you know your boy's got body dysmorphia for sure, so, you know, I am <laughs> I look in the mirror. I'm like, you know, it's not looking the same as it used to. But, yeah, it's tough because, like, I can go – you can go do some, like, squats, some single legs, some, like, one-arm stuff. But, like, your, your nervous system is – I just feel like for me, right, like, no matter how much I do, right, until you're back in the full swing, sprinting, yeah. squatting, cleaning, like – you just you're not, you're just a little step behind. So, at what point in the Kansas game did you get hurt? It was like mid end of third quarter, just on a routine weird. hit or what? Weird. Yeah, so like the funny thing is, the week prior, uh, we were playing Arkansas, I kind of slipped off a tackle and my shoulder like jolted and I heard it like it kind of slipped out of place. And so, you know, it's a, I've done this unfortunately a few times, and so when it happened, I was like that's not right so I got a little brace you know yeah. through the week I was trying to keep a hush just because I didn't want on my you know uh, injury record so and then all of a sudden bang it just popped like hit the guy and uh and you knew right it exploded. away exploded it just felt like a 50 cal right to my shoulder which really? like I've, I've hurt this other one too yeah. it just was different it's just and so I like I, I was obviously your first initial thought is hey I'm gonna go thug it out play the rest of the year but um you know we just after a lot of hard conversations it was just I I couldn't. I really couldn't even move the arm. So, so. do you have
0: bionic shoulders now? Because both have been You've repaired. Had both done. Right? I've had both done. <laughs> My
2: surgeon's like, "Hey, I think it's genetic. Like you got really limber." You know, after I came out of surgery, he's like, you say hey, thanks "So they to, were loose Dad. to begin
1: with." Like, so here is the question: They say, "But don't worry, I tightened it all. Everything's tightened up, and yeah. you should be good to go." Yeah, now. Should be good to go. So, yeah. and that's good now. So, what impact did this injury have? Because let's let, let's go back and remind everybody: that you led this team tackles, you know, every year for the the previous two years. I have no question in my mind you lead the team of tackles last year again. Appreciate that. Um, first of all, because you're just a tackling machine. Second of all, this new defense lends itself to the position you play, just funneling people to you. Yeah. Like I, I would have been surprised you didn't have 110, 115, 120 tackles this last year, right? Yeah. which would have launched you into the NFL. Um, so this injury, how did that affect the whole decision process to come back and to do all of that?
2: Yeah, I mean, so obviously, like, I felt like I was teed up, right? Going into the season, it, it was, like, everything I dreamed of, right? I'm getting some love from the NFL, it's just some scouts, right? I'm just, You're playing in I'm a big league. Stuff, right? I'm playing in a big league. I got Jay Hill coming in, like, just a heavy hitter, a guy bringing energy. I'm, like, I'm excited. I'm stoked. So when it happened, I was obviously so bummed. But, you know, for some reason, I just, I not to sound corny, I just felt peace. I was, like, you know what? Like, God does have a plan for me. He does, like. I can sit there and cry about And I've shed my tears for sure. But like, yeah. you know, keep crying about it, still reminiscing on what could have been, what should have been, you know, I just, it's not helping me. So, you know, that, so the, the injury happened and obviously I went on a mission, right? And I, this was my, that was my fourth, fifth year. So I was, I'm, I'm getting older, you know what yeah. I'm saying? I'm playing sure. backer, right? Like you always hear that stigma. Hey, you're getting older. Like you, you know, your draft stock declines and sure. whatnot. So I was like, Hey dude, like I needed to go. Like I needed to go. It was now or never for me. And so when I, w- what happened was, though, there was just a little bit more complication on my shoulder. I couldn't get surgery right away. All the surgeons were like, hey, dude, like, let's.
1: You need let's, to prehab first. Like, you need five. to get some things the way they need to be exactly. before we go in there.
2: Exactly. They didn't want to, like, just, they wanted to mitigate the risk. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, mitigate, forgive, forgive me. They wanted them to get the risk in my shoulder. So it was just, it was weird, you know, and I didn't get surgery. So I got injured in September, and I didn't um, get surgery till late November
0: and that wasn't going to have you ready for the combine
2: wasn't going to be ready for the combine and and my surgeon was just like dude if uh, like if I don't go in if we don't fix this like you're going to show up to the combine or pro day and not even be able to lift your shoulder and yeah. you're for sure not going to get a shot right mm-hmm.
1: so so it needs to be yeah. fixed but it's not going to be ready for the combine which means gosh I'm not going to be able to improve my stock and show these guys that I'm healthy yeah so the best thing that I can do come back and have 120 tackles exactly. and stay healthy exactly, and then launch myself into the league, right? Yeah,
2: so that was the game plan. It was like, yeah, you could, like, maybe just go, right? Hey, I have enough film. I've played two years, led the team tackles. So it's been, I have film, right? But yeah. they wanted to see me in this new defense. That mm-hmm. was talking to Jay, right? Because the NFL plays that, you know, one man, one gap, yeah. right? Yes. That kind of man coverage. You got to fill your A, whatever. We, what we played this year, right, which was cool. So I didn't have a whole bunch of film in that defense. And so... For me, it was it was just hey, the smartest thing to do was be healthy, kind of go out on your own terms and go take a go take a real shot, you know.
1: You didn't get married while all this was going on, right? I I tried,
2: I tried there. So because
1: I have like (laughs) I have like this is honestly good. I have like ten girls. That tell me the whole reason you got hurt and have to come back is so that you can meet them, so you can get married before you go.
2: Hey, that is, you know, I've, let's manifest that.
0: Okay, this, listen, uh, we've had Chase Roberts have, on the show. We, we <laughs> can help out the best we can. I
1: have, I have several that have asked me about Ben, and I always talk, <laughs> and I always talk to Gavin first, yeah. and, and he's like, "Oh, I 100% recommend Ben." So, yeah, I, I sorry, love recommend.
2: Gavin. That's BYU linebacker
0: Ben <laughs> Bywaters on the Wise Guys tonight, live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and. YSGuys.com. We're all over the world, as we always are on Tuesday, Monday nights. Used to be on Tuesdays.
1: Yeah, we Panama and, and uh, the Philippines Singapore and, and Singapore all checked in tonight, I hope.
0: Bywater so. led the Cougars in tackles, as mentioned, in 21 and 22, preparing to lead the defense here in 24. What feedback – now, we, that, we just heard your plan. What feedback have you gotten from scouts, from the NFL scouts, on your to-do list for yeah. this fall you know, we, we know your doctor's list and your list. But those guys that are looking for linebackers, what do they want to see specifically from you?
2: Yeah, I, that's a great question. And I always ask that, you know, whoever talking to them, I'm like, hey, how how can I just yeah. improve my chances? Number one, obviously, they want to see you downhill, right? Like you can never be too physical. And so I got something I got to work on too. Like before it was, hey, we're, we're just making tackles. So definitely play on their side of the line of scrimmage. And two is just run into the ball. You know, that's a big goal of mine is just run into the ball. And I think a lot of that too is – Run into the ball like it. I mean, when you're in the midseason and you're playing games, like it's hard on the body. You know, sprinting across the field. You yeah. know, too, you're you're big. You're you know banged up. So for me, it's just preparation now. Get my body extremely right, extremely healthy, so that when it's game time, when it's time to go, I am you know hustling, chasing the ball down, running to the ball across the field. So
0: yeah, because if you're not, Jay's going to have you out. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Jay's Jay got Jay his lets own standard, yeah. right? And
1: and, <laughs> and for spring ball, I would imagine based on what you've told us. Uh, won't be cleared for full contact in spring ball, right? No, sir. But, but this is enough time to rehab and get yourself looking like Hercules like you usually look, right? Oh, you should be ready okay to so go you. full go
2: by August, right? Yes, sir. That's the game plan. Good deal. Absolutely. Good deal. Early recruiting class was
0: all about the defense. Some reinforcements coming in. Plus, you've got anchors like Tyler Batty, Jacob Robinson, Talon Alfrey, yourself. Uh, what are your expectations for this second go-round defensively in the Big 12?
2: I'm extremely excited. Working out the Kings is going to be huge for us. And you know, it, it's the standard has been set. You know, I think this past year we got our feet wet. So I, I love what Coach Hill's done. I love that D staff, you know. And, and for me, it, it, it irks me that I wasn't able to get a full season under my belt with these guys. So really just excited to, to get back to work. You know, it's hard when you've are when you're got one arm. You're like, you're trying to be in there and rally the troops and whatnot. But... Um, as soon as we get in, I'm excited. I'm excited just to for all the boys to go make plays, too. That's really what it is and what it's about.
1: For, for your skill set, just your natural skill set and what you like to do on defense, is this, is this defensive um, scheme that Jay's brought in, is this a better fit for you? Do, do you feel like this can um, highlight your skills better?
2: Absolutely it that i love playing that mac position it, it's definitely different because i was used to playing the rover which is like the boundaries more of an outside backer they're really tit for tat in this new defense but it's different that that mac you really they put a lot on your shoulders and so you really got to come to play you got to know what you're doing you got to be able to command and uh what's nice though is they're always you're either blitzing you're dropping back like you're never just kind of hanging stagnant so
1: dave, I like dave and i were talking uh, we kind of went through the early signing class and. Stocked up a lot on defense. They got some monsters up front. And I know that from your perspective, if you have dudes that require a double team every time off the ball, that frees you up to run to the ball. Um, were Were you as excited as we were? When we saw some of these D linemen that they picked up,
2: absolutely. The, the the more the bigger those guys are, just the better it is for me. So I live with uh, my <laughs> my roommates John Nelson, and he oh, kind of yeah. plays yeah. that three tech. So I'm like, hey, baby, like just let's let's go out to dinner. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Just hey, put on a few more LBS. <laughs> right. and, John, and
1: John missed some time. <laughs> and, yeah, he and, did. And he was really one of our best inside guys. He can play inside and outside. Yeah. Um, people don't recognize because he just kind of quietly gets it done. How much when he was out, BYU missed him up yeah. front. He's that, a
2: workhorse. Yeah. I love that kid. I mean, he really works hard. Um, you know, he just doesn't talk too much. I mean, well, I know him really well, so obviously, yeah. like uh, he, with me, but understood. Like, he's just a good, good dude, down to earth, and just gets the job done.
0: As you stood uh, on the sideline and studied the rest of the Big Twelve after yep. that Kansas game, uh, and you watched West Virginia kind of run freely, and Iowa State came and really surprised everyone by by what they did. Um, was the Big Twelve? more difficult than you thought it was going to be as a unit um and and is that the marching order to get back for round two was just the physicality of it all or what did you pick up
2: i think no that, that's a great question i think for what i saw personally was like you can't if you're playing these big games week in week out like you can't kill yourself like you have to come to play i feel like there's a few games you know that we could have won obviously i think everybody knows that. It's like dude, with these big, with these big boys, like they're not going to give it to you. So it's like for us, that extra level of discipline locking in, like you, you can't, you, you got to come to play Saturdays. It's kind of what we're seeing with basketball. Yeah. You got to play two halves. Have to.
1: Yeah, And you know. ev- and every night is a challenge, right? Yep. So, so, yeah. uh, Hey, BYU linebacker, Ben Bywaters uh, on, on with the wise guys tonight. Um, are you still 235, 235? 235, are you I'll a wait. little under? Or are you more?
2: I weighed at two thirty one this morning. Two thirty one. So but, but you
1: will be two thirty five to two forty yeah. for fall, right?
2: I, I had I had a tough winter. Your boy was your boy was putting everything in his mouth, <laughs> just, you know. So I had, I had, I, had to, I had to slim down a little bit. We'll we'll bulk back up.
1: Yeah, and ben, and Ben, by the way, from Bountiful, Utah. So he's a, a homegrown uh, in state kid. Hol- holiday boss. Holiday oh, boss. Why holiday. Why was he? Holiday. The
2: boy Maxie, the Max tuley's from Bountiful.
1: Oh, that's right. Max is and right. from high school I, was, loved,
2: you, I went to. Olympus. Olympus. He went yeah, to Bountiful. That's my bag. I wrote Bountiful. Was no was
1: uh, um, was Coach Lyons, was Mark Lyons at Olympus? At the Mark Lyons was, so but before my time. Before you. Yes, sir. Yeah, so yes, Mark, longtime radio holiday. guy. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Holiday. Holiday, that's where my wife's family is like from Holiday. Really? You know that big rock right by the freeway? Yeah, up yeah, there uh, the people uh, co- that used to be Grandpa's Rock. Really? He finally sold it because the liability was too much because everybody was climbing it and putting graffiti and stuff yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah.
0: So Guatemala City, Guatemala. Right, right, that mission is where you went, right? Yes, you still get your
2: Spanish? Claro que see. Okay, oh. so,
0: so share with us how you might introduce you and your companion to Blaine and I on the street. Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. Um, ¿Qué tal? Soy Benjamin, or soy Elder Bywater. Él El es mi compañero, Blaine. Mm-hmm. Estamos aquí para compartir un mensaje. Nice. Probably doesn't, probably doesn't come out how it used to, but, hey, you know, I'm not, Still dabble. So did you take Spanish at uh, BYU? After, uh, yeah, I just took that little. Um, you you can just take a test and then yeah, test out. Yeah, uh, keep doing that. that if we uh, if we had a Cabo trip together, I could get us around. All right? <laughs> okay, I could get the boys around. So That's
1: awesome. We take so my son-in-law Dallas Lloyd served in um, down in South America. Okay, so so he's good. So we love taking him anywhere in the Caribbean or down to Mexico or wherever. Yeah, we have we have the Philippines. Um, we uh, so we have that Galo uh, Gallo is covered. We got Spanish covered, we got French covered, we got German covered. We got Gavin covering Cambodian. It, okay, comes in, Gavin. it comes in handy. He went, went to Long really? Beach, spoke Cambodian, but it yeah. comes in okay. handy on cruise ships, believe it or not. <laughs> and so we pretty much have yeah. it covered when we travel, but we'll take you two and you can be our second Spanish guy.
0: Yeah. And you got half the team that speaks a foreign language, yeah, which it's cool. makes BYU unique. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, are the defenders out there ever shouting stuff in their? Mission language.
2: No, yeah. no. That no, no but one
0: else can understand.
2: My voice so Isaac Rex spoke Samoan. Yeah. And so he could chirp um, the other dudes who uh. spoke Samoan. But like <laughs> it's you're never like talking smack to the other team in a different language. It's just kinda like if you know they speak um the same language then they'll they'll banter each other in,
1: there, you want them to time, understand the smack you're talking yeah, you don't exactly. want to lose it there was a time when brian taylor elder taylor now and michael smith and in fact i think it was the time when jeff chapman was playing jeff's come on the show us like four of the starting five served missions at spanish-speaking missions and they would really? be out on the floor and they'd be speaking in spanish to each other and the other teams would be you know looking at them like what the heck? <laughs> like, we had what, an offensive what are these guys line. Saying?
0: We had an offensive line a couple years ago where every all five of them had a had a different yeah. language. Yeah, different language. Cool. And down there in the trenches, uh, every now and then, let's uh, say stuff, which is good. We're waiting on the Big Twelve schedule. Um, we expect the BYU Utah game to be Thanksgiving weekend. How excited are you to get another shot at the rivalry game?
2: I'm excited. Like there's so much energy in that game, especially when I when I played in 2021. Yeah. So it'll be. It, I've always got. Yeah, what's your it.
1: record against them right now?
2: One, from what I played, 1-0. 1-0. 0 Ben
1: has never lost to the Utes. Let it be, let it be written. <laughs> when Let's you go, step baby. on Let's the go. field
0: against the Utes, and, and with the portal and, and all that stuff, I mean, half the kids aren't even from here anymore. Mm-hmm. But there's still something about the, the red against the blue and the north and the south. And what, what's that like for a player?
2: It's so fun, man. Like, that was, uh, the game in 2021 was awesome. But, like, I've been, a, so I've been on both sides of it. I've been a fan, right, growing up. Yep. Like, there's so much anxiety involved. I swear, mm. like, you can't even sleep the night before. <laughs> so I know exactly how it is for the fans. But as a player, like, just business, you know what I'm saying? Go out there, get what, you know, just prepare. You know, try, don't blow it up, you know. Don't, don't make it something bigger than it is. You know, for me, obviously, play with passion. Go out there, do your job, execute, lay the wood. But other than that, like. It's a, like, it's just a cool experience. And we know it's
0: going to be a road game. Yeah. Uh, how motivating will it be to go up there and do what you did in 21, but in front of their audience?
2: Uh, so motivating. That's like something you dream of. Like I always kind of, you know, dreamed of uh, playing up at Rice Cycles. So it'll be cool. That's good stuff. Yeah.
1: You, you, when you came in, you were, you're sitting over, we call that the green room. Even like, what color is that carpet? Like
3: Brown. It's brown.
1: So yeah. well, it's the brown room. And, and entertainment the place where the guests wait is called the green room so we yeah. call it the green room over there but you heard us talking about Fred and and uh, Kyle van Noy and Sioni and these guys um what you know how important is it to the program um you know to players like you who are in the program and players that are deciding whether or not they're coming to program yeah to have guys like Fred in the league and know that that's a pathway that you can get to from here
2: yeah no Fred Fred's so inspiring to all of us you know I think you see a guy like that perform at such a high level it's so cool right like i remember even like we were, you guys were talking about kyle vanoy as well like yeah I, when i was kind of in like junior high that like, kyle was like my idol right and i got to high school fred was my idol you know what i'm saying and sione i saw a little bit but i was kind of my mission for sione balling. but like those guys really they just paved the way they're so cool i love seeing that love supporting it and so like What's cool though is like I feel like we have so many dudes in the league mm-hmm. that are balling right now. Yeah. Wow. Like I used to live with Zane Anderson, made huge tackle, like right. it's a hard tackle he made on Covante Turpin, in yeah. the open field. Like I saw that, like we watched it live. Everybody was jumping, it was so exciting. <laughs> so I really feel like you know I'm I'm proud of everybody in the league. You know Tyler yeah, Puka and Puka's killing, is so cool. And
1: Tyler's killing. I mean Puka's killing it. Like Fre- Fred's. Yeah, it's hard to know who's. Who's having more of an Im- impact and who's more visible right now? Because Fred literally is the, maybe the best defender in the whole league. Absolutely. And, and Puka's the greatest rookie receiver in the history of the game. So cool. I, I can't even believe I can say that oh, about it's him. It's wild. So, so does that – and you played with him. Did yeah. you ever take a couple
0: of pops at him coming across the middle in practice, Puka? No,
2: nah, those royalty. Just don't touch Puka. Everybody <laughs> stay away from Puka. You know? Not, me too. I'm like, I want to win games. All right? Everybody right. stay away from Puka. Some wise wow, man.
1: Puka.
2: <laughs> wise man. Did you have
1: any idea, because you were over on the other side watching him do his thing, that he could be this good in the NFL?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And Puka's got – like, I'm so happy because Puka's the best dude. Like, like nobody – is more deserving of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's yeah. such a good guy. Like, I'm just, at all his success, he deserves. Um, but yeah, like, talk about a guy that just big, strong, fast, gets out the gate. Like, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Well, look, like, we, awesome.
0: we saw, um, just to play off what Blaine asked because we saw Keaton Slovis come in because he yeah. saw Jaron Hall go in the league and he saw Zach Wilson before him go in the league. And uh and then there's this path of linebackers going to the league. Uh Dax Milne gets in the league, Puka's in the league, so the receivers are there with the running backs are, you know, yeah, we got and Tyler Taysom, and Jamal and, and then
1: Taysom yeah. playing Taysom's playing five positions. Taysom's the yeah. biggest freak in the whole league. But <laughs>
0: but with uh with a guy ready to get a job. Uh, to see those three especially Sione and uh and Fred and mm-hmm. Kyle on on TV in the highlight reels every weekend so when Austin you're a BYU linebacker it's different yeah as opposed to what you guys have linebackers out there yeah and so I would imagine those guys are pioneers and paving way for you
2: absolutely you see like obviously you know what they're doing is inspiring but it's like hey they're they're goal touching they're doing it you know like Why not me? Why not? Like, let's let's shoot for the moon. Absolutely, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. So when you
1: have to think, you have to think. Scouts are going, yeah. This is the place that produced these guys. Yeah. Let's see who they have this year, right? Mm -hmm. And that that's something. And when you when you come to BYU, you know that you're going to have the attention of NFL scouts because there's already guys in the league that have come through the program.
2: Yeah, and especially like those guys giving a good rep about BYU in the league, like Danny Sorensen, like those guys just get work done, go do their job, do their thing, like. And, and it helps the rest of us, right? And so,
1: and, and outside the echo chamber says, "Hey, don't forget my boy Blake and the old lineman.
2: Oh, my boy, like be and, free, and, and maybe Brady be free.
1: and Blake. Like, hey, did it, it was three offensive linemen yeah. drafted. Yeah, three gonna, years in a row. There's
0: gonna be another one so this sick. this spring. Yep. yep. Yeah. So, so, so. Sick.
1: yeah, it's pretty cool. Love a couple Blake. more
0: questions with Ben Bywater, and then we'll get him out. Uh, yeah. Uh, on the rest of his Monday night here on the Wise Guys. Um, how valuable has have you seen the Royal Blue Collective, both with you personally and with the team, as as the world's adapted to NIL? How valuable are they yeah. to guys like you?
2: Love the Royal Blue. Men, you got Mark Homer. Those guys literally take care of us. Those are guys are the bread and butter. So if you guys are watching this, love you both. I appreciate you guys. Um, and I'm, I'm so grateful those guys stepped in and put systems in place and really got everybody, got the ball rolling. So...
0: Mark's been on the show a few times, yeah, and 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 they laid out how they do it, and it's not a free bag of money. It's it's uh, this for this absolutely, and uh, and part of that is uh, public appearances and yeah. and trying to be a rock star around town, which uh, uh, which uh, which should be that hard to which, do. it. Right? you get, what you got going on, but 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 for.
2: Uh, for what they do do you have any sponsors you want to pitch yeah
1: do you have some companies yeah, that you're affiliated with in NIL right now um, can, yeah
2: so I did a deal with Intermountain Healthcare okay. which was awesome those guys have taken care of me on all my surgeries so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. really grateful for that um, but other than that I've been, I've been I, I'm have i doing that little podcast with crew yeah, um, which is right. fun love laced up so it's been fun but yeah, if, you know, if, if any of uh, Tom Ford, you know, Gucci, all those, you know, Gucci, whatever you guys want to sponsor me, absolutely. I'm here. I'm here. I'm ready. I'm willing and so able. You can
1: pitch for NIL stuff also that's on this right. program. That's so, that's right. it. You, you can talk about what you have and and you can talk about uh, what you would like to have. Yeah. All right,
0: let's do five questions and get bent yeah, by one. We'll yeah, do five of questions. Here. These Beautiful. are the ones we actually just answer. Kay. And
1: remember, um, choose wisely because of these 10 girls they're listening to this <laughs>
0: i'm locked so, in and we're right okay, next I've got, down. and
1: i've got one in particular that like she's a great athlete like i see her at the gym she's a great athlete i'm like oh my gosh like if she marries ben i'm recruiting their kids before they have them <laughs> they, they would rival bronson and hillary kafusi's kids let's hey, just try to
0: get so, them on a date yes yeah,
1: so
2: <laughs> we, we gotta anxiety. do that we're on it we're love on it appreciate it. So, you boys
1: okay here we go yeah favorite
2: sports movie favorite sports movie forever strong
1: Oh, what's that nice. about? That's, that's
2: the rugby movie about um, Highland High School.
1: Highland High School rugby.
2: Yeah, it's a good right one. National them. champs, right? Yeah, it's a good yeah. one.
1: That is a good one. And nobody has chosen that one.
0: So of all the guys in the, in a year and a half not one really so but he's, he's hanging with you it, know forever one strong. of
1: the, one of the Salt Lake City High Schools that's a yes great start. I had completely forgotten about that I need to watch that yeah, again that's a good one that's a good one as as you might imagine remember the Titans is kind of been the number one oh, well, but our yeah. basketball guys all come in with Hoosiers so yeah your favorite singer or band
2: favorite singer is a guy named Mike um just Mike period looking him up just
1: what Mike. What do you mean? The guy's just, name's
2: Mike? Yeah, it's Mike, it's Mike, period. But he's just, it's like good lifestyle music.
1: Mike, period? Yeah. Does Is it like spelled out, period, or Mike with a dot?
2: Mike with a dot. With the dot. So if, okay, if I go
0: to YouTube and go Mike with a dot, See, some stuff's going to
1: Like, I told them about the Moss <laughs> Band the other night. Have you ever heard of the Moss? The Moss. It's a brand new local band. I think they're the next Imagine Dragons.
2: Oh, sick. Yeah, and they're okay. here local. Okay, cool. And so
1: I'm like, hey, everybody, I just saw this band. I'm telling you right now. And so you're telling us dude, like, I, so, so the mosh we told you about, now the other new band that is, Mike, is Mike, period. I right. got a funny
2: story actually. So when I was like in seventh grade, um, Imagine Dragons was downtown in like some little tiny venue in Salt Lake. Yeah. But the opener was a kid who went to my high school who was a few years older than me. He oh, opened wow. for Imagine Dragons. It was like this is like 2012, right, 2013. Okay. So we go, we're, I'm just going to support this dude. I'm with my sister. I had class, it was like a Tuesday night. I had class the next day. I'm like, I'm all grumpy. I'm mad because it's getting late and I have stuff to like turn in. So we leave (laughs) before Imagine Dragons comes out. And like literally two months later, they blow up their worldwide. I'm like, you know, it was right there. Patience is a virtue.
1: Imagine Dragons, um, Neon Trees. We've had, you know, a couple couple of the members of Neon Trees on. There have been some big bands that kind of found themselves here. Yeah. And killers, Provo, the killers, killers. have some, are have some ties, ties here. We've had we've had some interactions with Dan Reynolds from Imagine Dragons over the years. It'd be great if AC/DC had a tie to Provo. Because yeah, that's his, <laughs> but AC/DC's they don't. his. Yeah, That's They're his. Just, so uh, so, so uh, Mike, Mike uh, Period, I can't wait to check that one out.
0: Now look, if we ask you like eight months from now who your favorite band is, you say Steve Period. We're going to know that there is no Mike Period. <laughs> no, and I'm just looking up. names. I'm looking
1: look up Mike, Mike we're Period. We're looking that
2: up. Yep. All
1: right, our uh, people in the chat, you guys can Google Mike Period. Tell us if it's any good. So, okay, here we go. Favorite breakfast.
2: Favorite breakfast cereal would have to be Crave.
1: What is Crave?
2: Crave with a K. Crave. That's got like. There uh, we go. You know what I'm talking about. Crave
0: fans in it. it You don't like it?
2: Oh, man. It's got well, like it's marshmallows and stuff. Or uh, what? It's just got like chocolate on the on the inside. It's it's like a little kid so little vibe. See,
1: I can respect that.
2: Like yeah, I thought you were
1: gonna say, fire. well, it's granola and berries. That's We've learned so like a lot
0: about Benton by water tonight. Crave uh, it's Crave. Got, oh, hey, just all
1: I know about Crave is it's got chocolate in it. That's all I need to know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Your your favorite um defensive touchdown.
2: Um, would have to be for sure mine versus SMU. The little pick six. Oh, it's nice. not a little pick six. It's a seventy-six uh, yard pick six. <laughs>
1: yeah, and that Man, was a game changer. It was in, was a, uh, it was in, in, a, in a bowl game, that. so we
0: all remember it. So you catch it, uh, and were you thinking you were gone, or were you thinking the other eleven guys are going to catch you
2: before you get down the field? No, I like I, I was just like trying to like push. You know, I'm trying to just run as fast <laughs> as I can. And all of a sudden, like he dives. I kind like I kind of like jump over him. I'm like. No freaking way. Like, I'm about to hit the
1: hamstring. I'm like, like, no way. And I didn't pull a hamstring. So, so. you get
0: down there, you cross the goal line. Are you exhausted? Or are you just, can you believe you got there? Uh, Or what's
2: the feeling? Adrenaline's pumping so hard. I was so excited just hanging out. I don't
1: worry about backers and DB. I worry when a D lineman gets like a tipped one in (laughs) the run. I'm like, he's going to pull a hamstring. He's got to slow down, pass it off to somebody. Did
0: Help this guy. Did you have any defensive touchdowns at Olympus, or is this number one? I didn't. So this is it? Yeah, this is it.
1: Okay, so a couple this year. A couple no, this we year. Yeah, yeah, we've got to run it back 110-plus tackles and a couple of pick-sixes. If and you're it, ever going
0: to just have one, have it be in a bowl game yes. so your kids can see yeah. it for years to come. Except yes, for this uh, year,
1: it'll be in uh, New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> So
2: absolutely.
1: favorite, favorite last question, Yeah. favorite thing about Kalani Satake?
2: My favorite thing about Kalani Satake is his his personal relationship with me. I I really feel like every time I go into his office, he like, he knows what's going on in my life. You know, he relates to me. He tells me about stories about his life, you know? And so like, man, like some of those moments have been the most special moments for me. So I'm I'm grateful for him. Yeah.
1: That's awesome.
0: Ben Bywater. We will see you, uh, at spring practice, standing next to us. Yes, sir. Yeah. But full go in August. down for us when we come. <laughs> and you know, the season starts in August, so it's got to be, uh, you know, Southern Illinois,
2: you'll be on the field. Yeah, or lock and low to that game. So. Okay. All right. yes, Thank sir. you for coming. Hey, appreciate you. Appreciate ben you. Bywater, Thank BYU
0: you. linebacker. And, uh, and again, we, and we've been joking one with of him, the best personalities on the
2: team.
1: We've been joking with, yeah, right. with Byant. I'm going to find him
2: the best one. Yeah, we're right. going to follow All up All it on takes is one, people. All it takes is one. There we go. All right. Appreciate you guys. Thank you, Ben. Thanks, Ben.
0: Outstanding and BYU again. That schedule a week from Tuesday, and we'll break it down here on the Wise Guys. What a uh, what a great representative of of everything BYU is. Yes, Ben Bywater.
1: Yeah, Ben's one of my favorites. And you know Ben in the weight room when Ben's in the weight room when he's healthy, and it's actually a little bit scary how much waste or how much weight he can hoist around. Yeah, good Um, stuff. Very very powerful explosive athlete. And and he and here's the thing he was on the pathway. I'm convinced if he stays healthy, he leads the team in tackles again in this new defense. Probably eclipses what he'd done in the previous two years, and he's drafted, and he goes and plays. And so I love his mentality that something's in store for me, that God has something in store for him and has a plan. He's supposed to be back here this year. And uh, I hope something special happens to him, yeah, we're th- th- glad he's that he has back. a great year and, and, it, and he gets to, to live out that dream to be in the NFL and follow the footsteps of Fred and these guys.
0: Our next guest is a former Cougar who led BYU basketball to its highest national ranking in program history, number three, after a 17-0 start to the 1987-88 season. Our pleasure to welcome Jeff Chapman to the Wise Guys via Zoom from the great state of New York. Jeff, welcome to the show. All right, his camera uh, and microphone are struggling right now. And, is he, and
1: he's, he's on the road in New York? Is that the Is deal? that where he's
0: from? No, he's in, up in Washington. Know. Oh, he's in Washington? Yeah, he's yeah. up in...
1: Sort of. It's like fake Washington.
0: Fake Washington? Yeah,
1: because he's in Vancouver, which is really just an excuse to not <laughs> pay state tax. because <laughs> had it's really in New York. It's really a suburb of Portland, and it's like... You know what? Why don't we form a little community of Portland just on the other side of the border so we don't have to pay (laughs) any state tax? But then what we'll do is we'll go down and we'll buy all of our cars and washing machines and all big ticket items in Portland because they don't have any sales tax. So it's really just, it's a fake Washington town.
0: All right, well, while we're working that out, let me tell you, BYU basketball, 14 and four, two and three in the Big 12. I swear I had him from New York. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, no,
1: and he, remember, Jeff grew up in, in Mumford, Alabama. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. When he comes out, we're going to talk about the time I went to Mumford. So Na-
0: National ranking for BYU is number 21 in the AP Top 25, the number five in the net, number 10 in Ken Palm, and Joe Lenardi still has him as a five seed for the NCAA Tournament. And all of this after a disappointing Saturday at Texas Tech.
1: That isn't it amazing the differences between leagues. Like if, if they'd lost a couple games in the WCC, they would never be back on the radar again. We'd be we'd be saying, man, they're going to have to go on a streak to even get into the NCAA tournament. And they've lost some games because you know what? It's expected that you lose games uh, in uh, on the road in this league. Can you guys hear so me? Yeah, there, there he is.
0: is. Hey, Jeff. Good, good to have you here on the Wise Guys.
1: Are you in the office up in? I, I was telling everybody that Vancouver is really a fake Washington City. It, it, it's a suburb of Portland that just made itself up so they didn't have to pay state taxes. I'm right, am I? Am I not? Uh, I'm Dave. Don't you know I'm a country boy?
0: Yeah, I had that all wrong. New York? I had you from upstate New York. That's where Blaine's from. For whatever reason, I hate. Know, he
1: knows that you will go camping with the Like you like to go camping with me and stuff, so he thought you must be from New York, right? <laughs> That's what he thought. I'm
4: not tough like Blaine. Those New York boys are tough. I'm just a soft country boy.
1: <laughs> hey, look, let's go back to February
0: 6, 1988. BYU's number three in the AP Top 25, number one, Arizona. Number two, UNLV had already lost. The Cougars, all they had to do was beat UAB in your home state of Alabama, and the program would reach number one in the polls for the first time. But the Blazers had other plans. They put a good game together and beat you 102-83. to 83. But I'm, the reason I bring that up is do you still remember the swing of emotions from that weekend, and what did you learn from all that?
4: Yeah, I, I learned that people never forget –
3: that
4: I'm trying to forget it. Once I forget it, people continue to bring it up.
0: <laughs> well, we're bringing it up tonight. So, what was that? What were those emotions like? It, it was horrible.
4: um My mom and my my mom's dad and my father's dad had never seen me play basketball before, not even in the Pee Wee League, JV. I mean, um, junior high, nothing. That was the first time my granddad two both. My grandfathers saw me play live and we laid an egg. Oh, it, and here it gets worse. <laughs> so my, high girl, my high school girlfriend was a basketball player on UAB and she was dating a um, guy on the team. And he was just an average player. But he lit us up, oh, no. and I was the one guarding him. He destroyed me. It oh, there's
1: no. there's so
4: many horrible memories from that <laughs> night, and people continue to bring it up. Would you guys please just <laughs> let it die? Okay, that's it. That's the last time we're ever gonna say
1: anything about. It. I didn't realize the depth <laughs> yeah, we, of the former girlfriend, the boyfriend lighting oh, you up. The pants still I real, didn't,
4: man. That is that's heavy, brother. I didn't mm-hmm. know that was that was that big of a deal. Yeah, there's more things too, but I I am trying to forget. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, that, hey, let us That was a loaded team though. When when we I think back about that team and the talent on that team, you got you got you there, which I call the When when Jeff would catch that ball uh, on the short corner, um, it, he would just turn over that shoulder and unstoppable. Unless they doubled him on the catch, it was going down. It was going down like no nobody I've ever seen with that kind of consistency. You got Michael Smith who could score on anybody, NBA or otherwise, right? You, you got Nate Call who was a, just a floor general and and did such a great job of getting you guys into everything. Brian Taylor with his length and confidence and shooting the deep ball and and his creativity with passing. Um, Andy Tulson who could shoot lights out. Marty Haas. I remember when Pittsburgh comes into the Marriott Center, ranked number like two in the country, and they were gonna they were gonna um, full court trap you all game long. You just throw it to Marty, and they couldn't trap him all night long. He just dribbled past That's every uh, So one of the fastest, most explosive guys ever, Gary Trost, who's a big guy that could st- score. I mean, think about the weapons on that team. That was unbelievable. How was that to play with that group of talent?
4: It, it was uh, wonderful. The best thing about that team was that. All of the guys on the team were just outstanding people. Um, Nate Cole, great guy. Marty Haas, great guy. Michael Smith, wonderful guy. Jim, you you forgot Jim. Yeah, Yusevich, another yeah.
1: big with really skilled.
4: Just, just a salt of the earth type of people. A- Andy Tulson, um, my my goodness, the the quality of the people were there, and but they could play basketball. They were great. They were great people, but they were great basketball players as well. That's what I remember the most.
0: Jeff, on our live stream tonight, Linda Murray says, Hey, Jeff, Gladys on the show. Could you say hi for me? We've been friends since we were both freshmen. He knows I'm his biggest fan, except for his family. So Linda says hi. To the great Jeff Chapman. Linda,
4: thank you very much. As <laughs> old as I am now, that really helps me hearing things like that still. So thank you very much.
0: What I'm impressed with, uh, Jeff, is you just mentioned all the players who are on that team, and you finished with 1,824 points, which is still sixth best in school history. How did you get the ball enough to get all those points with all those gunners out there?
4: Well, luckily um, – Haas and um, Call were great, great passers. They were pass-first guys. So we had a a, a fast break uh, that we call early, and uh, we would get the rebound and get it to Haas or to Call, and then whoever was the number two, if it was Taylor or Tulson, would get on the wing, and then they would pass it down to the wing, and then I would go down the opposite side, and then I would come across the lane. And they were throwing it to me every time, and if they couldn't get it to me, uh, Smitty was always taking the ball out of bounds, and he would throw it in, and then he would trail. If they couldn't get it to me, they would pass it back to him at the top of the key, and he could hit that trail three. I remember playing down to um, playing down in Poly Pavilion against UCLA. Yes, our senior year. And uh, I remember Walt Hazard was the coach and he came over to talk to the team and to uh, Coach Anderson and, and our, our head coach and said that, you know, uh, Coach Wooden is going to be here. So we were all excited to play in front of Coach Wooden. And I remember we were running early uh, in the game. They threw it into me. I scored a couple of times, but then they threw it into me. They tried to throw it into me, but I was doubled. They swung it back and Smitty was just coming across and he caught it in stride. I can remember Walt Hazard yelling, Oh, blank. <laughs> 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 right when the right white runny hit the bottom of the net, he didn't even come close to hitting the rim. Boom. And uh, and we just, it, we, it was so exciting to beat them down there. But that, I'll never forget that him saying that right when Smitty was shooting it in.
1: That's awesome. See now, now Dave brought up an unfavorable memory. And then you just brought up one of the great memories and that's beating UCLA at third place with John Wooden in the house. How about that? That's pretty cool.
4: Hey, let's go. That was, that was a highlight. You know, we watched, watched those guys when we were little, um, Play and win all those championships, so it was a thrill for all of us.
0: Here's what another coach said: Going back to the UAB yes. game,
4: uh, and then we'll leave. What? It. Yeah, I know Dave, we're, we're going back. Jeff, this is good. I thought we were friends.
1: Dave.
0: We're friends, you Wait, know that. A, a, a day after the game, Gene Barto said, "Quote about your team: I think they're a great team. I think they're headed to the Final Four, and I'll still vote them number one. You guys were that good." <laughs>
1: So even in a loss, there's a good memory. Unless from he's UAD. lying, Jeff. So, yeah, you guys were that hey, good. I, I wanted you j- just quick, like it wasn't just about basketball when you were there. You had, you had an incredible experience at BYU. You and I talk about it all the time about our experience. When you come down and, and stay with us, and, and and you and I just get to mm-hmm. reminisce about going camping back when we were in school and some of the so, some of the fun things we did. By the way, he says he's a country guy. I'm the New York kid. He comes from Alabama. And I'm the first guy that ever took him camping and fishing. <laughs> maybe right? they, maybe they don't do that. Back yeah, he there. was afraid the bears were going to come get us, and he made us sleep with a gun in the tent just in case the bear came, and I didn't have the heart to tell him that the little gun wasn't going to do anything if a bear came to get us. But but um you you had a great experience at BYU outside of basketball that really changed your changed your life and the trajectory of everything you did. You know, we we've spent a little bit of time on this basketball experience. What about the experience outside of basketball for you at BYU?
4: Uh, You know, before when I got the scholarship to BYU and uh, people started to find out in the area, Alabama area, uh, some positive, most of it was negative. Uh, They kept telling me, you know, how the uh, Mormon church was a cult and how they worship Joseph Smith. They're not Christians and they're polygamists and all this negative stuff. And, and I just knew I was supposed to go there. You know, I wasn't sure about all those things they were telling me, but I knew I was supposed to be there. And when I got there and saw the quality of people, I I couldn't believe it. The people were so nice. They were so friendly. They were so giving. They were just trying to help. And I, I, I the relationships I built there have just been unbelievable all the things that they said about byu and the church were untrue and i i remember when i got baptized um my mom and dad found out and they were very angry because my mom and dad were are really big time southern baptists and really high up in our church so they didn't like it at all but uh as my dad and i visited he visited with um with me and some of the members of the church when he would come visit, I remember him telling me that one of the guys in the community was bad-mouthing uh, the church. And my dad said, wait a minute, I've seen these people. Their church may not be true, but those are the best people I've ever met. So <laughs> <I love> it. <laughs> my dad came around. That's a classic That's awesome.
1: story. and of course you met your amazing wife, Leah, and, and, uh, and all of that while you were there,
4: right? Yeah, um, Leah, Leah. Leah is descended from Mormon royalty. Oh, you, you have you have me coming. You know, coming there not a member, and Leah. Leah's great, great, or great three great grandfathers, Charles W. Penrose. Wow! So it was an entry, You know how opposites attract. Yes. You, know, you have me. Have me a heathen <laughs> marrying this 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 big time descendant a pioneer stock woman. So see Jeff and
1: I used to compare notes on this like cuz our wives so so Leah has a great history with with ancestors that walked across the plains and my wife yes. my wife is a great 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 I don't know how many greats like four greats her grandfather is Hiram Smith and these two wow. purebreds married a couple of mongrels and so Jeff and I would have to <laughs> hang together because
4: because we're the last thing from a purebred so (laughs) and and what what does that tell you about them and what does that tell you about us
0: yeah yeah it tells me that you both are lucky who
4: got got the better end of the stick on that (laughs) oh we we hey
1: i think
0: everyone wins everyone wins. we we
1: outkicked our coverage so far like i was just talking to brenda last night and she was asking me how i tricked her into all of this like i just (laughs) i don't know what i did but i was very clever back then and jeff May have been more clever than me. I have to say that. So
0: Former Cougar Jeff Chapman is on the Wise Guys tonight, live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and ysguys.com. Played in 122 games, 64 starts at BYU. Averaged 15 points and 6 rebounds. His senior season, it was 19.5 points a game and 7 rebounds during that special year. Let's bring in Mark Durant. Uh, BYU radio basketball analyst and, and have him sit in with these final questions with you, Jeff, uh, from one big man to another, what do you think of Ali Khalifa's ability to pass the basketball?
4: Is that for me? Yeah, yeah for you, Jeff. So, so Jordan and I, my son, Jordan, we were watching the Texas tech game and we, and we watched him and and Jordan, you know who he compared him to? Who, who, what pro player did, did Jordan, my son, compare him to?
1: Current or – because I, I was thinking Sabonis. Like, I'm talking about old
4: Sabonis, though, not the new Sabonis. No, no, he's playing, he's playing right now. Current.
0: Uh, um, The big dude for the Nuggets? J- Jokic?
4: Yes, Jokic. Jordan yeah. said, Jokic. And I was like, really? Wow. And he, and, he said, and he said, watch. And he made some moves, and they're unorthodox, just like Jokic. And I said, you were right. And, you know, he had a stretch where he kind of took the game over there for a second. And then they made the adjustment. And I was like, wow, we were thoroughly impressed.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, you know, and and we just just brought our good friend uh, Mark Durant in here with us. And uh, he's, he's, he's right here, right next to me, Jeff.
0: But um, he's, uh, he's joined our panel of he's,
1: questionnaires. He's, yeah, he's in here. He's, he can ask oh, questions. Oh, man, I got ask. some good we're, ones we're for ask Jeff. Mark too, but no, I got to
4: ask Mark a question first. Oh, all right, Mark, go so ahead. I'll,
1: I'll make this comment about Ollie, but what we, I have to remember about him is he had a non-weight-bearing injury this summer, and he came into camp, I don't know, maybe 35 or 40 pounds overweight. And, and I was sitting next to Danny Ainge, and I said, I don't think this dude can make it three times up and down the floor. And Danny said, wait till you see him pass the ball. He says he has a court vision and an understanding of a game that's as good as anybody I've ever seen in the game. So he's, he's got to drop some weight. Yes, I agree with you, Blaine. But wait till you see this kid pass the ball. I was like, yeah, right. He's just a big, fat guy. So I, he's, I bet he's lost 30 pounds. He probably still needs to go another 10 or 15. Um, Danny was right. I, I haven't seen a big guy like that in college basketball pass the ball like that. Am I am I crazy thinking that he's as good as I've seen in a long time?
4: Well, if Danny Ainge says that you can take it to the bank, yeah. That guy is a that guy's a basketball savant. Uh you know, I was there uh Blaine, when you asked him that. That's question. right, you were sitting, sitting right next yeah. to me. We went to practice that. Yeah, there. yeah we're Dave all there. was there too. Yeah. Dave was right there. And I was when I love sitting down with Danny Ainge and just talking basketball. Yeah. That guy is a savant, and he he know he's forgotten more about basketball than most people in this world know.
1: Yeah, it was fun. I forgot that you came came with us; that you were down visiting and yeah. and you were actually coming down to business, but you stayed with us, and then we went over to practice that day. And and we should That's mention right. you you are currently Mark Pope's alumni representative um, to the basketball program. You're still doing that again? This you're doing that this whole year? Yeah, right? I'm
4: the I'm the president of the basketball alumni association.
0: Wow, that sounds important.
4: Well, well, you know, I just do what they tell me, so it's fun. Well, no, what it but, means is that
1: I can always tag on with them and go to any practice I want to. So, President
0: Chapman, do you have a question for Mark Duran? Yeah. Oh yes,
4: no. Yes. When when uh, Mark and uh, the game, what game was that? When Mark Pope hit, oh, it was Baylor. When he <laughs> hit that water, and it sprayed you and and um, I'm Greg. sorry, and Greg, Greg. Greg Rubel. Greg, you and Greg Rebell, uh, you guys had a quick reaction, then you got right back into the, in the character. How did you guys do that?
3: Man, you can't really tell from the video, but we got just drenched, Jeff. I mean, and it was so unexpected, and there's this big, loud crash, and then I'm just covered. And Greg's immediate response is, I gotta protect my equipment, you know, because that's like his baby, uh-huh. and he doesn't want to get knocked off the air. And I'm just trying to process what happened and start laughing. I mean, it was it was hilarious to me. I mean, it was, uh, I you know, coaches, as you know, they get fired up, and it, it was funny, and I didn't have to shower that night, so it all worked out for me. <laughs> it, I mean, it was it was actually hilarious, and i I made a point to find the bottle after, and I grabbed it, and it's just just crushed and so I have that that's that's you know I don't have have Mark sign it man that's gonna be worth
4: a lot of money hey well one (laughs) question they go to the final four this year
3: yeah
0: this question's for both of of our guests here uh as we wade into the deeper waters of the big 12 um where do you see the biggest challenge lying between now and the NCAA tournament with BYU trying to stay alive in this thing start with you Jeff
4: The biggest challenge you mean as far as team or just overall,
0: just as this team trying to stay afloat in the big 12 and, and making it
4: to the end. In my opinion, they have got to figure out how to finish games. And that is easier said than done because the talent level that they're playing against every night, is just incredible. Um, I'm sure there's something they could do. I can't put my finger on it. If if someone could put their finger on, they would make the adjustment. But I predicted them to be five hundred in the league and go to the tournament. Right now, what they're two and three? Yeah. Are they two and three yeah. in the league? Yeah, yeah. Right and they've
1: got two home games coming up. Of course, one of them is against the top five team in the country, so tomorrow night. Right.
4: Yeah, and we and you know we we always in the history of BYU play top teams in the Marriott Center very well. Uh, you talked about that Pittsburgh team when Marty Haas just ran through all their athletic guys. They were number seven, and uh, we took care of them. So I'm looking forward to to watching that. But finishing the games, you know, uh, they play so well. they're they've and but at the very end they're having a hard time making the key stops that they need to and, and making make, executing the offense and making some big shots at the end. That's been the difference. If they can figure that out, they're going to be okay.
3: Yeah, I mean, amen to what Jeff says. And I guess the other thing I would add is they need to be healthy. I think they haven't really been for two months now. And the way they play, and they have to play with such intensity, and it just wears on you. And the athleticism in the conference, it just beats you down. And they're they're just kind of fading at the end. And the more guys mm-hmm. you have to come in and replenish that, will help. I mean, not having Noah Waterman, he's a terrific defender, six eleven. Yeah, he's a great offensive
1: rebounder too. Great right? offensive
3: rebounder. So that hurt them. I mean, uh, th- so that's a big part of it. The other thing is, I what 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 BYU really needs is a Jeff Chapman that. You know that it's just so solid and reliable, and can get you a bucket when you need it. Let's just hey, things are falling apart here. Let's give it to Jeff. Yeah. And although BYU's got great players, and nobody argues that. I just don't know uh, who that Jeff Chapman is at the end of the game for BYU to say, "Hey, just get him the ball; we'll be fine."
4: You know, I thought Foose was going to be that player. Why is he not? It, I think I think what it's, it's really interesting, and, and I'm
1: interested to get all of your. You know, opinion on this, I, I think they were ready to build this passing game um, with with an aspect of this offense that would then also go into the post, force teams to double-team Foose, kick it back out, and get back to the passing game. When Foose had that extended injury, um, and and Ollie started to play more, they started to, to play more five out, even four out in a high post. Um And they got away from throwing the ball into the post. They really didn't have anybody that could play with their back to the basket. And they got so comfortable and had so much success with that. Now Foose comes back, and and I just even in the last game, or you know when he played last, I get this sense that he's like, I'm not quite sure what I'm supposed to do in this offense. And I don't think anybody else out there really has made that turn where where they're like, okay. Foose is in. We're going to play offensively a little different now. We're going to play through the post, but we're going to play through the low post now. And and we're going to be comfortable with that. In my opinion, if they can figure out how to do both and run two little variations of the offense, one when Foose is in the game that forces teams to double in the post and play inside out, and another where they get their penetration off of ball screens and dribble drives and ball movement, they can really create problems for teams. I just feel like they haven't figured that out yet, and I don't know why. A- am I crazy with that?
3: Well, I mean, Jeff could kind of speak, you know, as a big man. I think if, if I was BYU, I would uh, I would deputize Jeff Chapman in the offseason and say, you're a coach for two weeks. Pay Jeff whatever exorbitant amount of money he would demand <laughs> And so
4: I, I start I start at seven <laughs> figures. Yeah, we figured
3: <laughs> figuring would Go and work with Fusini <laughs> uh, for two weeks because Jeff is as good as anybody. And, and you have these resources, great players. And yeah. man, if I could have spent oh, two weeks with Jeff Chapman, just pick his brain and see how he did things. Anyway, that's beside the point. But Fus was injured before the season. So he didn't get to practice as much as I'm sure he'd like. And then he was has been injured for six weeks. And I think really for the first time in this last game, he was moving like he wasn't worried about injuring himself again. So it's hard to mm. implement all those things that you're talking about, Blaine, which I agree with. I mean, I'd love to see an offense where Foose and Ali Khalif were on the floor at the same yeah, time. Yeah, how about that
1: play high-low? Oh, good it, point. It,
3: oh, man. But it, it's just been tough to get him – uh, enough minutes and get everyone comfortable with that. Now it's hard to do that because your every game is so intense. Every, I mean, every possession, possession matters. Critical. Yeah. So it's hard to experiment at this point in the season. Yeah,
1: that is. T- I, th- I was th- Ben when he just said having both on the floor. Imagine Ollie uh, mm-hmm. up top, and then Foos down low, and you're feeding. You're feeding Foosh, from straight down the barrel, from the top of the key. And it's so hard for defenses to adjust and decide which is the weak side and who's supposed to help. And it's just so much easier to feed the post from there. And we know Ali could do it. Those two on the floor at the same time. I feel like they they have... They really need to figure out how to do that and take advantage of it because it gives them some matchups that people can't defend in this league.
0: Yeah, I don't think we're going to see it until next season because you can't do it in the league, right? You can't go practice stuff. Like, tomorrow night they're playing the number one defense in the country. How much time can they go, let's try this high-low and see if it works out? But, but when you have 13 non-conference games like yeah. they were going to have, but Khalifa was hurt and then Foos got hurt and now the offense runs better with Khalifa, that, that it might just take – it might just take next season in the
3: non-conference to work out this dream high But the good news scenario. is
1: everybody's back except for Spencer Johnson,
4: right?
3: Yeah, they're going to have a lot of guys back, and obviously guys off the mission. And uh, I mean, the future looks bright, but you want to win games. Yeah, you want to win you know, games. Now, and I, I think Foos is, uh, be, because he's been hesitant, he's, he's going back to what he knows, which is catch it, be strong, right-hand jump hook. And before the injury, he was really starting to develop into a Jeff Chapman type game. I mean, I, if I see Foose and if he turned and faced and hit a little ten foot jumper, turned to the baseline, which I, I still have dreams about Jeff Chapman turning baseline. It's funny because learn that
1: type of shot, he could be he's already unstoppable. But man, yeah. he, I mean, you see it when yeah. Jeff came to practice that day, Mark. Um, we were talking about Foose, and uh, Foose got a ball down on the low block, but it was actually a low block extended. It was probably a short corner and he caught the ball. And Jeff said, why didn't he just turn baseline and shoot a jumper right there? Like, why didn't he do that? And and I was thinking, cause Jeff, he can't do what you did yet. Like somebody needs to teach him that. Right. Because, cause Jeff would have, he would, he would have been, he would have known what he was going to do before that pass came in and known if the defense was coming from, I was just going to turn baseline and they couldn't, they couldn't stop it. But Foose hasn't, doesn't have that skill set yet.
0: Jeff, let's talk about Houston tomorrow night. They come in number four in the country, number one in the net, one of the better defensive teams across the board in the the nation. You mentioned the home floor is always an advantage for BYU in these big games. What are the keys tomorrow for Mark Pope to get a win uh, against these Houston Cougars?
4: I was at the San Diego State game, and San Diego State plays a similar kind of defense Uh, like Houston. I think Houston has more talented players though. You know, I'm not going to say San Diego state is Houston, but they played kind of the same. And the biggest thing BYU had to do was they had to handle that pressure. And I thought they did a really good job. So number one, they got to handle the pressure. They got to handle the press. um, And, and limit their turnovers. You can't turn it over. You can't give them easy baskets for dunks. You can't get, get them going that way. And then just like what we've talked about. They have got to, at the end of games, at, when they're wore out, they have to figure out how they can execute and score and also execute on defense and get stops, get consecutive stops. Um, if things start to go bad at the end of the game, they got to figure out a way to stop the bleeding immediately. Uh, it's kind of like a cascading thing. Is Like watching the game the other day is Texas Tech. They had the one guy, uh, Isaacs, um, uh, he got hot and then, and then they couldn't score on the other end. It was just, it was just a cascading thing. And they just got to limit that.
1: You know, it's interesting. And, and I, we, I had the stat last year. I haven't looked it up this year, but, um, it's interesting, the difference in the, the length of runs, uh, when BYU's outside of the merit center versus when they're inside for both teams. So when BYU has a run, you know, like the average run was like eight, Oh, at home, but on the road, um, it was like 5.5 or something like that. And and I would think it's even more exaggerated this year. And it's the same for other teams. Like, for instance, Texas Tech, you know, they go on a 12-0 run to start a half. If that's in the Marriott Center, it's probably an 8-0 run or a 7-0 run. Because mm-hmm. you call a timeout, the fans get into it, they get you, get you some energy. And so that's one of the reasons teams in this league win more at home and lose more on the road is because the runs in both directions are just a little bit shorter or longer depending on if you're home or away. And and I don't know if that's enough for them to get Houston, but they're certainly going to have to take care of the ball better.
0: Well, before we do five questions with Jeff, Mark, do you have any other questions for
3: President Chapman? And I just (laughs) just love Jeff Chapman. I mean, he really is an absolute hero of mine. I was a Provo High across the street and uh, watched him play and he's just always been so kind and good to me and is such a great player and a great human and an amazing success in life and and I've just enjoyed being his friend. Um, I, he went from my hero to being my friend. And, uh, and I've listened to him talk. If you ever get a chance, listen to Jeff Chapman give a talk. It's one of the most faith-affirming things you'll ever hear. And he's just magnificent. So I don't have a question for him other than say, love him. Thank you, my brother.
4: I love you too. And your family. You're also family.
3: Thank you. It's like you now we have a, our
0: shows become a love fest. I mean, yeah. I'm not sure which where way we're where we supposed to turn <laughs> on this one. Let's Listen, do five questions,
1: about, with yeah, Jeff we'll do five Chapman. Questions, Jeff, you just answer these right off the top of your head. So, your favorite sports movie?
4: Uh, easy. Remember the Titans. There
1: you go. Okay. Um, good one. Yeah, we just. You know what? We just. Uh, we just had Ben Bywater, BYU's linebacker, on here. And we always expect those football guys to remember the Titans. And he did um, Forever, Strong. Forever Strong, that rugby, Highland High School oh, rugby movie. That's the first time anybody's – and I forgot about that. I need to go see that one again or, or watch it on Netflix. So, remember the Titans, always a favorite. Your favorite singer or band? The Temptations. Nice. nice.
0: You want to sing a song for oh, us?
4: That's, that's old school.
1: That's right. That is Jeff has school. sunshine on a cloudy day. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yes. Um, papa was a rolling stone yes he was
4: <laughs> favorite <laughs> breakfast cereal uh easy captain crunch
0: classic expect nothing less from a classic guy captain crunch
4: so
1: how come i have captain crunch up in the cover but you never eat breakfast when you're at our house what's up with that no i you know i'm doing that fasting thing i've been fast i know He's doing this intermittent and fasting me and thing. Me and
4: Collinsworth, me and Kyle Collinsworth, man, we don't eat until like three or four in the
1: in the evening. I know, I know. I I said to Jeff, like, what, he's like, don't plan on me for any meal. Like, he's the easiest guest to have, by the way, yeah. when he comes because he just never eats. But, but and you're looking really good, by the way. You're doing great. Thank you. So he's doing great. A lot of a lot of work. So your favorite basket that you ever made at BYU.
4: Um. I have to say there was one in Poly Pavilion. Uh, it was the second half, and they were pressing us. We were ahead, and I call it on the wing, and I took two dribbles to the free throw line and shot it up over Greg Foster. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah, a great play for, play for, for the Jazz, yeah. And, um, and I remember after that shot, I thought it was pretty cool, and there was like a break or something, the timeout, and Coach you know, Coach Reed love him to death in fact i named my son jordan after coach reed right that jordan's middle name is reed we're that close but you know he he didn't give a lot of compliments right mark
3: very very (laughs) few very few
4: (laughs) yeah he 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 expected us to be great and that made me even better but anyway he pulled me to the side and he told me he said that was one of the biggest time plays i've ever seen that's a your big time player chat and i was like I I was like done. Coach Reed gave me a compliment.
1: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so against awesome. UCLA and over the top of Greg Foster. That's great because Greg's a like yes. seven footer, isn't he? Seven oh, seven terrific. footer. Yeah, yeah, great player you too. Really athletic.
3: Great big man in the late eighties. Yeah. Yep.
1: All right,
0: number five. Here's the last one.
1: Your, your favorite piece of advice that anyone's
4: ever given you? Oh my! Oh my goodness! Advice. Oh, so so many
1: life lessons. Yeah, dude. Yeah, and it's hard to make you like just on the spot pick out one. We like so, to yeah. come at you like but that. We, we like to come, come at you. Your favorite bit of advice ever given.
4: Okay. Here, here's my favorite changed everything for me. Okay. You should get baptized in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints.
1: And who that's gave who, who gave you that advice? The first one? Who who didn't give it to me? I got to
4: BYU, man. I was giving that advice every day. I'm like, oh, please stop telling me that. <laughs> who was who was baptized to shut people? I up. didn't believe it. And then finally I got baptized and I was like, Oh my gosh, all those people who are trying to get me baptized were were right. And that's and that has changed everything for me absolutely everything
0: now Jeff I was at a baptism the other day of a little kid and uh, the fonts aren't the biggest so how did, uh, <laughs> how did how did they get you under the water
4: you're very good uh in fact I almost drowned <laughs> the, the the guy who, who I don't first of all I don't know how to swim yeah okay, okay. second of all the guy who who baptized me name was Wascar Cruz Blaine do you ever meet Cruz yeah I met Cruz what about you, Mark?
3: No. You don't
4: know, remember he's he's about five. Oh, wait. Eight, yeah, he's not five. You would
3: play uh, pickup ball, right?
4: Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, And uh and he put me under the water, he couldn't get me up. <laughs> yeah. And we and we he had we had to do it twice. Yeah. because Jeff's arm was hanging out. Like he, and here's the thing.
3: Like maybe you just needed to th- that it whole twice, thing Jeff. you're more
1: buoyant in water um is overcome no. by the logistics of that length of a human being mm-hmm. under the water and that small of a guy trying to pull him back out just didn't work. I'll
0: okay, that, a funny story. Yeah, it,
1: it
4: didn't work at
0: all. A funny story. A, a friend of mine was got baptized. He was eighty, and his grandson baptized him, and uh, and uh, it was an awesome experience. But as they went down in the water, the grandson didn't give his grandpa um, or great grandpa enough room, and so he smacked his head <gasps> against the railing and split oh. it open and um but then he got down and got back up and and um bill was so good about it he said, you know I probably deserved that I should have been baptized a long time ago
1: <laughs> and I forgot that Jeff what did. an I, awesome story I forgot oh, yeah. that Jeff didn't swim we, we went up to the boulders to Boulder mountain to fish one time remember Jeff that trip yep. and uh yep. and and it's, it's pretty remote and I remember Jeff saying uh there's no like showers or anything up here I'm like no no we go in the lake like we'll take a bar of soap into the lake he's like no, bro, I don't swim. Like I'm not getting in the lake.
4: I'm like, No, we're just gonna stand in there. Like what if I float out there?
1: I'm like, I will swim out gym. I will swim out and get you. So No
4: not not Nothing above my chest. yeah you know? that's right so yeah, but we not- did we
1: did clean ourselves up in the lake and had a great time down on the boulders so
0: <laughs> the great Jeff Chapman on the wise guys hey we sure appreciate one, our friendship how you represent BYU and all that you do and, and what a tremendous career and we look forward to having you back on the show a lot as we move forward over the years so let's get a win tomorrow night.
4: You got it thank you love you guys and go cool. Thanks, Thanks Jeff
0: see you brother love. Jeff Chapman, how about that? And he's a- 6'6". He played so much bigger than 6'6". Six, six. Well,
1: because he's yeah. Jeff's got a 7'2 seven, seven, or 7'3 wingspan. Yeah, And Jeff also came with a 39 half inch vertical jump. So when you have a 7'2 or 7'3 wingspan and you jump almost 40 inches, you play like you're over 7 feet tall.
0: Is he like a Foose without the jump shot? Yeah. yeah. Is that a fair assessment? He,
1: he's more explosive than Foose. Foose is stronger. Like, Jeff and I were actually... Comp- pairing with Jeff was sitting next to me and he's like he's stronger in his lower body so he has more of an ability to like post somebody up and I go and, and Foose did a drop step and dunked it right hand and I go oh and and then I said but he like on that one you were like taking the ball back scratched your shoulder blades with it and throwing it down two hands and hung on the rim and then got in the guy's face right and he goes oh yeah you know I would have done that and then he goes He's not quite as explosive as me.
4: <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: so Jeff could get off the floor. I mean, Foos is pretty explosive for how big he is. So, so even Jeff would say, Foose is a little stronger in the lower body, so he can muscle you a little bit more. Jeff was a more skilled shooter, and Jeff is unbelievably explosive. He, he would elevate yeah, and just player. throw it down two hands on Great player hands. on a great yeah. team
0: that, uh, that Gene Bartow thought was, was the number one team in the country.
1: I'm, I'm so happy yeah. that Mark, like, he doesn't have his shoes on either, just like me. So people can't. See. I always. Like, yeah, but at least listen. he's got socks on. I don't. follow Thanks the for, rules here. I've Thanks never worn like people always. People have asked because they can see see right now in a the shot. They can see my feet. Show them what you got on. Mark's got some cool I got socks. Some, uh, Toronto yeah,
3: BJ's. So, BJ's. so we're BJ's very socks. relaxed
1: on this show. And see, Dave's got some cool socks on today. Yeah. No, if you're nobody, on the podcast,
0: you're really missing nobody out. Nobody
1: wears shoes on this show, just so you know. <laughs> ever. That's how relaxed we are.
0: Mark so. in is 26th year working as a basketball analyst for BYU Radio with Greg Rubel. Played for the Cougars between '89 and '95 with a two-year church mission in between, and he's been with us as we finished up with Jeff Chapman. And now we can get serious. Are you ready to get serious? Yeah, bring it on. I mean, your wife's right here, like and she's ready to get serious. Let's get right down to the – let's talk about some observations through the first five big 12 games, BYU's two and three. Uh, the BYU offense, give us your observation on what you've, what you've learned about them.
3: Good, bad, indifferent, whichever. What, what comes to mind? Uh, well, in the first half, they looked like me when I was 20, and the second half, they look like me now. And uh, that's not... Okay, on the good. podcast, let's try and
0: paint that visual of a young, skinny, vibrant a, Mark Durant and now. today's Mark Durant, I'm which still is really still in tremendous
3: shape. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just a minor... I've never difference. heard it put that way, but you know what? I think you
0: nailed it. They,
1: so they look like a bunch of young guys in the first half and a bunch of old guys in the second yeah,
3: half. Yeah, a little creaky in the second half, but...
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean they're shooting threes like crazy, like we haven't seen before
3: in years. I think it's super fun to watch. Yeah, um, I it took me a while to come around to the three. I mean, I'm old school, so just guys jacking up a lot of threes kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But I think BYU does it the right way. They they get good looks. They they get three threes through you know moving the ball around well, and it, it's a smart way to shoot a lot of threes. Uh, and so. Uh, I, I really like the offense. I mean, you talked about Ali Khalifa. How fun is he to watch? Mm. It's just so fun. Well, plus like, he's got a smile on his face the yeah, whole time he, he's doing it. He seems to love it here, love playing. Uh, it's almost, you know, it's different, obviously, but it's almost like Jimmer. Jimmer was just fun. It was just like, what's he going to do next? And that's the way Ali Khalifa is. And, and you've got so many different talented guys, so many good shooters. Uh, yeah, we talk a lot about Conference play in the second halves, and rightly so. I mean, that's what we're talking about. But the, uh, most of the time, it is a relentless, high-powered, effective, beautiful thing to watch. Watching those guys play, and yeah. I think that's the frustrating thing is that there's just been a couple times where that has gone out the window, and you're like, oh, because if you think about it, you know they could be five and zero in conference season. They've had basically double-digit leads in the second half of every game they played in right. the conference, and You know, you just hope this season doesn't become a, well, they were really good, what-if type season. But if they can actually, you know, really do something, I think they've got the guys to do it. And it's fun and it's exciting.
1: What what about on the defensive side? Dave and I called the first, how many games did we call to start the season? Like 12? 11 or so. Yeah, 11 or 12. And we we were taken back by what seemed to be a renewed interest and effort on the defensive side. Now the games we've been doing pre- and post-games for and watching the announcers from ESPN – that's a common thing. People are giving BYU a lot of credit for defense. You're there every game, courtside. Are you buying it? Is this defense that much better? Are they really playing that good defensively?
3: Well, I think the numbers spare that out, that they're one of the top defensive teams, and uh, and they do a pretty good job. Uh, again, you know, obviously you can point to some examples where they haven't been as good, but overall they've been a, a terrific defensive team. I think Noah has really become a great defender, which I never thought would be the case. And yeah, last year, who'd have thunk him. it, right? Yeah, credit to him. He just plays hard. And Spencer Johnson is an elite defender. And I think Dallin Hall is very physical. Um, it would be nice to have more of a rim protector. Although Ali Khalifa, he doesn't move well. He's not a great jumper, but I think he's pretty effective. He's a big body. It's hard to move him. He gets some block shots. So I think they're a terrific defensive team. Uh, they have some vulnerabilities, I think, that are exploited in some of these conference games where they teams just say... It's almost like in football. I'm going to make a football analogy, playing because I love you because you call basketball games. So I feel you like can I it. Have, yeah, I, I, you can do I'm very comfortable with this. I'm very can comfortable. Do whatever with this. you want. It's just that you know a lot of times the offensive line you'll have a a real size and, and weight advantage, and but early in the game the other team they're excited they they get after it and they're able to stop the run. But if you keep going to it and Eventually, you wear them down, and then you start to pick up in the fourth quarter. You're getting big gains. and I think teams are doing that a little bit to BYU basketball. They just keep pounding it, and, to, and BYU just gets worn out, or the, the adjustments the other teams make are, are effective, and they're able to get to the rim. And, and it just It's just hard to maintain that all game long, especially with the injuries like we talked about, but certainly something that needs to be addressed. Glenn,
0: on the live stream from the Philippines, said that uh, – uh, Jimmer had had referenced maybe press out of halftime just to get the juices going defensively, uh, as to somehow to tweak the defense, maybe just get everyone alive coming out of the locker room, uh, some kind of a some kind of a a a change up there. Uh, This staff uh, and we talked about offense, defense. I was talking about the coaching staff. I think to their credit, they they went through this entire change of how they've done things the last two years to how they're doing things with this roster um this year and then they've stuck with it the freedom of the three the transition back and forth the defense has been changed and much you know, this better wedge rebounding this con- is not a fifth know, place concept. team in the wcc this year and to credit
3: to the coaching staff because it's mostly the same guys yeah i do credit them i think doing the same thing over and over uh would not it didn't work particularly well in the West Coast Conference, certainly wouldn't work in the Big 12. So it, it's really a radical approach that they've taken to the game, shooting a, you know, 35 threes a game and uh, and the, the, the defensive rebounding. You know, with respect to maybe some things they could try defensively in the second half, uh, I agree with Jimmer. Um, I mean, what does he know, right? Jimmer. <laughs> Jimmer he knows how to shoot it, I can tell you that. Him and Chapman, they're always yeah. saying stuff. The, the day that Jimmer plays, defense will listen to you on what you should do. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. you know, he knows how people defended him, so he's probably an expert. But um, I am a big proponent of just mixing it up, whatever you do. Um, so teams, if they go into times, let's make this adjustment to BYU's man. But then you come out in zone or you come out in a press or you have a half-court trap or whatever. And, you know, after made free throws, we're going to press. And after that, you know, we're going to just mix it up so teams can't adjust and be particularly effective at it. BYU tried that against uh, Texas Tech. They went to a zone and they hit two threes right off the bat, yeah. which is always hard for coaches to, you know, have patience with that, and rightly so. But you need to mix it up and and then it gets but press pressed if you're going to lose the lead anyway might as well lose it pressing and trying and make some things happen rather than just sit back and on your heels you know be the aggressor get after it yeah. maybe you get beat but you know at least you're not just sitting back
1: yeah now this houston game tomorrow night dave's laid out some numbers review them for everyone out there they're 16 and 2 they're 3 and 2 in conference they've lost their two road games in conference so that's of note right um they're number four in the AP. They're number one in the net, which is the primary um, evaluation tool for the NCAA seedings. Um, Ken Palm has them a number one seed as of right now. Joel Lenardi has them as a one seed right now in the NCAA tournament. So that's what they're up against. So what do you do to, to kind of offset some of the advantages that Come you on said? Coach we, 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 know, we know, Coach, no. that they're, they're a phenomenal defensive team. They're not a lights-out offensive team, but they're no. phenomenal defensively. So what do you do?
3: Well, it would be nice to have uh, T.J. Haas back. He he was a game winner yeah, against Houston. Okay, oh, yeah, That's, there's an option. I, I got that, to there's hug an option we can't shot. do. <laughs> yeah. so. No, I mean, I think Houston is a lot like Iowa State, which is helpful to have played them. I mean, Houston's number one defensive team, Iowa State was number two, and BYU scored 87 points in that game, way above anything that Iowa State had given up. And I don't think Houston given up more than 68. I, I expect BYU will get more than 68 at home tomorrow with that offense. And uh, Houston will have their own issues trying to score and, and uh, being on the road, like you said, Blaine. They haven't been particularly successful, but it, it's including a, at Iowa State, right? The yeah. same week that BYU beat them, yeah. And it, it, but they're they're a terrific team. It's cool to have them coming and have top five team in the in the building. I mean, every venue, every game is so cool right now. So I'm just loving it as a broadcaster. But uh, it, it's certainly going to be a challenge. But you could keep the turnovers down like they did against Iowa State. Make a few threes, maybe get a little bit of a lead, and then Houston has to change how what they want to do a little bit and make them play your game rather than playing their game, which is slow, ugly, turnover, block shot. Yeah, they, type they stuff. give up. Yeah. 50,
1: they only give up fifty one points a game,
3: which is crazy to me. You know what uh, UCF uh, had what forty two and made seven field goals in that game. Their last yeah. game, but so but
1: yeah, I agree. I, I agree with Houston you. That, at B- home. B- they B- Better too. than yeah. offensively, they create some unique challenges. They you know Houston hasn't defended a team like BYU, and why, like BYU only averages 10 turnovers a game, but in some of these games they've given away in the second half, it, it has been turnovers, what's, what's been the difference, and you've been sitting right there, in, in these games where they have seven turnovers or eight turnovers, and they're so good at taking, taking care of it, and even in some of these games, they take care of it for the first half, and then yeah. there's just, it's not just the number, it's the type, they turn them over in the backcourt and their runouts, what, what's behind that, and how do you coach that out of them so that they don't. Don't do that in the second half of a game like this one to run it against Houston.
3: <laughs> well, if I knew that, I would be a coach and uh, making a lot of money coaching. But, you know, as a player, we would go to places like the pit. And I remember once having a 20-point halftime lead. And the crowd just gets going, and the other team gets so much energy. And it's like holding sand in your hands. And the harder you squeeze to try and keep it in your hands, the more more it goes through your fingers. And it's just a unique phenomenon to be a part of. And you're just trying to do everything right. Uh, But it's just hard. We we actually (laughs) ended up winning that game uh, barely by a point or two. Um, But a couple of things you need, obviously, you need to have a mentality of not trying to do everything yourself i think this team when they when their backs against the wall they're behind or they're losing their lead guys are trying to step up and and be the guy but they try a little bit too hard and so when you're trying too hard and you're, you dribble know, dribbling trying to get up it gets knocked away and that's a turnover and get in a hurry maybe shoot a shot you shouldn't shoot uh to, oh if i can just hit this it'll quiet them and so there's that natural tendency, I think, of players to want to do that. And, and also, like we've talked about, I, I, I think BYU really needs kind of a calming guy. And I don't know who that is. It um, was Spencer
0: Johnson against yeah. Iowa State. And but it, it was something different Saturday.
3: And it was Dallin Hall against SDSU. Yeah. I mean... Uh,
1: is it better to have just a guy? Like, so, you know, the, we remember games. We, we were just talking about Jimmer. Where they're tight ball games with that team. And... They, you know, the coaches are talking to each other before they go in the huddle, and they're like, "Everybody knows we're going to give it to Jimmer," and they're like, "It doesn't matter, just give it to Jimmer." <laughs> and and the whole team's thinking, "Yeah, we know everybody knows we're just going to give it to Jimmer, but we just want to give it to Jimmer." And Jimmer's like, "You know what? Everybody knows I'm going to get it, but I just just give it to me because I don't care."
0: It's like Jimmy Chitwood. Just it's, I'll it, make it. It's you know, it's nice. It it's nice to have that, but you advance. don't
1: always have that, right? And and no. so they just have to stay with what they're doing and not worry about. And, I need to be the guy right here. It's like, who has the open shot has to be the guy right here, right? Because that's how they got the lead in the first half, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, there's different types of teams, and a lot of times you'll see successful teams that do have, like Pop Isaacs for Texas Tech. He right. kind of took over that game, or Jimmer, or you know, whoever. I mean, I I always go back to Travis Hansen for some reason. He was a guy late that I just had complete confidence that he would just win the game and take care of it. Um, So some teams have superstars. Other teams like this team has just has a lot of different good players. And I'm not saying you have to have one or the other, but it makes it harder. I think at the end of the game, when you have a lot of good players as to who is going to step up and, and make the plays for you. It doesn't have to be one guy necessarily, but I think there's comfort in knowing on on a team, if we're in a tight situation, we're going to run this play and this guy's going to get it and he's going to score for us. And And I think there's, a little bit of doubt as to who that would be for this team. And I said, guys are trying and you know, it's, it's a hard thing to do. I certainly wasn't that player. Uh, I wanted to to give it to someone else. I don't, don't, don't (laughs) give it to me late. But Uh, you knew
1: who the guy was on the team.
3: Yeah, I I did know. And whether it was uh, Marty Haas, uh, like we've been talking about or Andy Toulson or Russ Larson or whoever, uh, we knew who we were going to. And so BYU has great players, but I think um, the more structure and, if you can, you know, BYU likes to play kind of a free motion offense, but if you can run certain plays where guys know where they're supposed to go, this is what's supposed to happen, this is the guy that's going to shoot it in a, in a completely chaotic situation like at Texas Tech, it gives you some structure and gives you some peace even if you don't have a particular guy that can bring that to you. Is Mark it, Durant with us. A couple more questions. Uh, and then we'll let you go.
0: And we appreciate you being here on the Wise Guys tonight. Uh, the good news is Texas is coming on Saturday, and they're only uh, the fifty-nine in the net, uh, yeah, thirteen and five. They yeah, beat they're Baylor only
1: thirteen and five.
0: Beat Baylor the other day. Not ranked. They're not in the NCAA tournament according to Joe Lenardi as we sit tonight. And they're forty-six in Ken Palm. It's an opportunity at home for BYU. It's a noon start, which is the earliest uh, at the Marriott Center since two thousand five, when Air Force was here. We probably called it. This was a long time ago. Yeah, we probably did. Uh, and so there's that uniqueness to it. But you've got Houston and Texas. Do you, don't you feel you've got to get one? You want to win them both because they're
3: at home, but you've got to get one. I guess it depends on what you're, well, what you're looking for. I mean, if you want to win the conference, I think you have to get both. Yeah. Um, if you want to be, you know, five hundred or a little above, you could you could probably drop one. If, if your roadway you is how do
0: I get to the tournament? Don't you kind of yeah. got to get yeah, one yeah, of the definitely. two?
3: Definitely, I think you're right. You get you got to get one of the two, and then maybe you pick up a another road win somewhere down the line. Um, but road wins are you know ask Kansas how easy it is to get road wins. Yeah, ask or so. anybody, Houston. Right? even Houston. Ask them. The fact that BYU so, got one in Central Florida yeah. is to, huge. to
1: me that yeah. brought them back to okay. They there's no way they should have lost to Cincinnati at home. Okay, they're okay. They that was a disaster. Yeah, yeah. They won on the road, so they're even now. They're yeah. okay now. You know,
0: yeah, it's like a know, tennis know. match. You know, you lose one, you win one. You lose yeah, one, you that's win right. one. Well, but I gave up. Anything. I gave
1: up my service, but but I just got a break myself. So now even I'm okay. even
3: when you think oh, like West Virginia, that's going to be one you're going to get, and then they beat Kansas. Yeah. Like mm.
1: every team in this league is good at home, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, so. look, we were
3: thinking Central Florida would be one of those. Yeah, and then
0: they beat. Uh, they beat just before BYU, Kansas. Kansas yeah. Where yeah. we're like, okay, we got to rethink that. Then yeah, They got, it's like they got another one after yeah. that. Oh, yeah. I
1: can't I so hey, I, w- I wanted to ask you about this. I, I know you watch the, the women's program a little bit. Um, Lauren Gustin, and you know a lot about rebounding. She has been the most dominating rebounder most of us have ever seen. You know, in in, it, in this women's game, she just dominates. She just passed Tina Gunn Robinson as leader leading rebounder in school history. That record stood for 40 for years what, what what do you think about lauren gustin in her game because she's not a monster size wise no
3: there's been a lot of great players and to have that i mean i remember one of my favorite players growing up was steve trumbo who was a great rebounder and brett applegate and uh, anyway uh, it's just amazing i mean she's she doesn't do it with you know like you said the, the height or anything but to be able to do that, given her size, that's just a ferocity in, in, a, in competitiveness uh, that she sees it and gets it. And that, that's a special quality to have. Um, it's so hard to get rebounds. Uh, and for her to, to do that in the time that she's done it in is remarkable. Congratulations to her. Yeah, it's crazy. Even in the final year of
0: the first year of the Big 12 for a player who's 6'1", to lead the country in rebounding and to get that rebounding record. It didn't slow down. We wondered, Hey, the big 12s coming. Is, is Lauren going to still be able to be the dominant rebounder on the floor? And she
3: still is. She had 17 points and 15 rebounds. I think it was on Saturday. She has these absurd stat lines. She gets 20 plus rebounds. Like it's fallen out of bed and it, it's not easy. And uh, for her to do that so consistently against, like you said, even better competition is remarkable.
1: We, we called, uh- We've called a lot of the women's tournaments um, over the last several years in WCC, and we're doing a tournament game. I don't know if it was last year or the year before. And I look down, and I, and I, and I, and in my head, I'm thinking, has Lauren Gustin gotten every rebound in this entire game? And <laughs> and it was the first half, and she had like twelve boards. Nobody else had a board. The other team had one. And I'm like, she is going to get every rebound in this game. So it's like it was crazy, and she goes on runs like that where she gets two offensive boards, and then, you know, and a put putback, um, and then and then cleans the defensive glass on the other end, and then comes down to make a shot, and she gets another defensive board. Then she gets another offensive board, and they get a make. And I'm thinking, she's dominating the glass by just rebounding.
3: And it's funny that some of the best rebounders all time have been people you'd look at and you just say, no, not that guy, Dennis Rodman, or whoever you want to Charles talk Barkley. about. Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley. But there's a certain level of genius. You talk about Ali Khalifa's passing, but there's a certain level of genius in great rebounders, just understanding the game, where the ball's going to go, what the p- probability is the ball's going to go there, and get, getting yourself there. And, I mean, it, there's a level of she, – she works super hard, and there's a ferocity, like I said, but she's a genius, too. To, to be able to like rebound like that, there's a, a level of genius. On a game day tomorrow, like a big game that it is, um,
0: does your wife then give you a milkshake – uh, maybe a shoulder rub, and then just pretty much the day off is day off as you prepare mentally to call the game. Is that how, is that what happens at the Durants?
3: Unlike Blaine and Jeff, <laughs> Marilee's the lucky one to have me. She's out kicked her I, coverage. I was waiting
2: for this. So,
3: so she she works hard to keep me happy because uh, I'm a catch. Marilee, you'll be on the show uh, next time,
0: and yes. we'll be able to verify. We can, we can, we're going to have to bring you on, you on and have a That's discussion a lot, about this. Lot a lot of things being
3: said the last is, few minutes. Is, she's actually so unbelievably remarkable, and, and she's a huge BYU fan. Yes, she is. I mean, she it. wants me to talk a lot about basketball after the games I'm like <laughs> I just talked for four hours <laughs> but she and my and my daughter and kids we we are such big BYU fans and they're at the games and so she's she's a great fan of me but maybe likes the Cougars even a little bit more than me well, let's make it a win-win for both yeah, everybody's
1: needs to win tomorrow night and that would be that'd be perfect and <laughs> hey and folks if you and I've talked about this on this show and others before if, if you're not following this guy on I can still call it Twitter. Can I still call it Twitter? He yeah, X. I think you
0: can. It's yeah. X and Twitter.
1: If you if you don't call if you don't follow this guy on X or Twitter, you're missing out because mm. he makes me laugh almost every day. <laughs> um, at, what's your Twitter handle?
3: Or X handle. Uh, At Durant Mark. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I'm a lawyer by day, so I don't get this my creative outlet. So if you're looking for smart, intelligent, serious stuff, you got the. Sometimes
0: uh, I'll see some of your tweets, and it's like, remember those far side cartoons (laughs) where you just had to look at it from a couple different angles to figure out what in the world it even is? That's what I'm saying. And then you start to laugh. If everybody
3: gets my tweets, I've failed.
1: It's a humor humor on another level because it's humor that makes you think. Which mm. so it that's so that's much generous. better. It's so much better. So so. Well,
0: Mary Lee, thank you for bringing him to a the studio on, tonight. I'm X. We'll
3: see so. you tomorrow night. Thanks so much yep. for being here. We'll
1: see you guys tomorrow. I
3: love you guys. The man. wise guys is better every time you show up. Yep. You tell me where to be. I'll be there. That's all I know. Thanks. Well, for tomorrow night i will be at the Marriott Center, six o'clock pregame show on BYU Radio.
0: That's kind of where you get like you're like the star of the
3: hour during yeah, the pregame show. Not, do You do the pregame with Shep. Uh, it, mostly Shep, uh, sometimes bend, sometimes occasionally on Wall, but yeah, it's when I get and to unshackle myself from the they throw to like the They bell. just so say, it take as long time as you want say what you want. They pay, yeah. they you pay want. Greg
1: like big dollars. Oh yeah, and and but he doesn't even have to do that stuff. He just shows up for the game, and you he's you carry diva. the pregame. <laughs> you I'm pretty like, much <laughs> carry the game, and then you par- you carry the postgame. Now he does do the postgame with you.
3: I'm the unknown opening act, and he's he's the. I don't know. Taylor Swift. Look, just just keep selling real estate and yep. it'll all work out.
1: Selling yeah. real estate?
3: I, I don't know what I do. Neither does David. Wait,
1: <laughs> you're not a real estate attorney. He's right? an I'm attorney a, over real
3: estate. A real estate attorney. You're a real estate yeah. attorney. See, I know you a little sell about it. that. No. You don't no, sell. you just, just make nobody, sure that the deals are. But leaving. he can he can be the cog between a sell and non sell. That's I, true. I manage, you know, Dave's large transactions with all his money. Thank Does you. And sure by the, the way, we consumer. need a better year this year. Does so he have a luck. bunch of real estate holdings that.
1: that I don't know about? Yes. yes. I figured something yeah. was up like that with most the cars. Of it's, this guy was most driving of it's in Montana. <laughs> like some of the cars <laughs> I see him roll up in, and I'm like, man, I have a Ford Explorer. And like, what's he doing in this? Don't Complete proverb. That goes back to Vegas. Let's let's
0: leave Vegas out of that. Hey, thanks for coming. Right. Thanks, guys. appreciate. It. Thanks, see you tomorrow, man.
1: Mark Durant.
0: Great uh, to
4: see you. Thanks for radio analyst in,
0: for BYU. Twenty six years in the making. Big game tomorrow, BYU in Houston. You can hear him at six o'clock, Mountain Time, on BYU Radio. It's on uh, XM Satellite Radio and and all over the place. And Blaine, you and I will be doing the pregame show on BYU TV. And between all of us, thanks, Marilee. See you. We'll have. Uh, We'll have it covered, the Red Cougars and the Blue Cougars, tomorrow night at the Marriott Center. Next week, Tyler Hawes will be with us, Gordon Eakin, the softball coach. Jerem Jordan's going to pop in. He's got a great BYU TV story. Diljeet Taylor will be here on February 5th, along with quarterback Gary Bohannon and former head coach Steve Cleveland. We
1: love when Coach Cleveland joins the show. Um, I'm going to put my armrest down here.
0: Jay Hill will be with us February 12th with Kristen Kozlowski. It's going to
1: be great to have Jay and Kristen. Um, so we, we great guests lines up lined up. Dave's got a bunch of these lined up for us and done a great job of uh, uh, having them. How about t- how about tonight though, with to to have the the three that we had on tonight? What a great, what a great treat. So
0: <laughs> yeah, look at this. Mark, Mark's over here ready to slam the water down and cause some kind of it's not quite the same effect cause we saw it coming. Thanks, Mark. There you go. Hey, let's do the Cougar Board question of the week.
1: Yeah, let's do that.
0: If you're not familiar with Cougar Board, it's the largest online community of BYU fans with thousands of posts daily. Here's a question from one of their insider subscribers. In every Big 12 game, we've led at the half. Why do we struggle in the second half? How much is the other team adjusting to us? How much is us not being able to keep the pace? Up in the second half. We've talked a lot about that with Mark Durant and Jeff Chapman. Uh, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, and I think there's been a common theme with this, and that is it's a little bit of all of that, right? Um, and, and I'll add one other thing to that, that because it's not always the exact same thing in the second half. You know, Mark mentioned that the injuries have led to less depth. And remember, this was a team that was playing 10 or 11 folks, and they play at tremendous pace, and they push the ball, and they, they rebound hard, and they defend. And, and having 10 or 11 guys has helped. And they've not been healthy the last six weeks, so they haven't been healthy at all in league play. And you do see a little bit of fatigue. And these teams in this league are big and physical. They don't all play with BYU. So you see this, uh, you know, a lot like Iowa State. Houston's a very physical team. And BYU needs to have ten or eleven guys, and we're hopeful that they're a little more healthy tomorrow night than they have been the last couple weeks. Should remember? have Waterman back, yeah, I think. They, they, remember, they missed Waterman the last game, and and Foose was limited. I and still
0: don't know why Atiki didn't play, they, they, but they hopefully missed Foos he's for
1: a back. Atiki didn't play before that. Trevin Nell was out, um, and so so we um, we've watched this team play shorthanded. I think they need all ten because the because the fatigue factor. I feel with the ten or eleven that they can play. Then they can then they can hold up. I think the second thing that happens is they go into these games with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and they play kind of out of their minds, but they play loose to start the game. Then they find themselves up by 17. And they get in the second half and they start to think, wait a minute. We were supposed to be an underdog in this game and we were playing so loose and free. Now now we got this We can't lose this thing. And I think there's a little bit of mental, especially on the road where you get a little bit tight. I loved Mark's analogy where you see the team start to close on you, and it's like sand in your hands. What a great analogy that yeah. Mark I made. Mean, and the harder you squeeze, the more it squeezes through the, the cracks in your hands, you still need to just hold it loosely. You know, with your hand open and your fingers together, you need to play as loose as you did in the first half. But sometimes I think on the road with a crowd, the other team goes on a run, and this team... Um, will get a little bit tight, and they'll take some shots they shouldn't, or they'll turn the ball over, and they got to remember what got them there and play loose and not play not to lose. That's never a good formula. So some of that has come into it as well. So let's hope uh, uh, this week for a healthy team. That can play 10 or 11 guys and not have the fatigue, and a team that plays loose all game long.
0: That's the Cougar Board question of the week. Now let's take a minute and get you up to date on things going on on campus. Women's basketball, they're 12 and 8, 2 and 5 in the uh, Big 12. As mentioned a moment ago, Lauren Gustin, the new all time rebounding leader, passing Tina Gunn Robinson's mark. That stood for her 44 years. Uh, she wore number 44, mm-hmm. lasted for 44 years. Uh, and then Gustin comes in. Now she's got 1,493 and building. And she set the record in a 60-46 to 46 win against Texas Tech. So it was a grand day all around for Lauren Gustin and congratulated her afterwards. She could have left. She came back to play her final year. Right. She's gone through coaching changes. She's gone through roster overhauls. She's gone through health issues. She's rebounded
1: through it all. And she leaves an indelible mark on this program that will likely last a lot of years based on how long it took. Hard to imagine. I someone else I coming along. I can't imagine anybody just coming out and just, as Mark said, seems like they get 20 rebounds rolling out of bed. It's, it it's really is remarkable. And
0: she did it in 106 games. Yeah, it's crazy. Phenomenal.
1: Crazy, crazy. Congratulations to Lauren. Oh, and
0: by we- the way, they're going to celebrate this Saturday at number four, Kansas State. Right. Uh, and, that's and, and at three, Mountain ESPN plus BYU Radio. This team
1: at 12 and 8 is a little bit of a surprise, I think. Everybody thought they're so young on the guard line. These guards are talent. 12 and 8, I think, is they're in a good spot right now.
0: Yeah, they had a great preseason. Big 12, they've run up against some size and. Yeah. And uh, and Iowa State or Oklahoma State—they're just so dominating that they're going to have some trouble against Kansas yeah, State. Let's gonna, be honest. and They're going
1: to have to recruit some bigs in the off season. Yeah. And uh, but this guard line is going to get nothing but better. So
0: so they're going to try to beat number four Kansas State Saturday. BYU's men's team going to try to beat number four Houston. Tomorrow. Only
1: in this league do your men play three straight ranked games in a row. So um, how about men's volleyball? We had Sean Olmsted on uh, last week with us, and it was so fun to have him here in studio. Great they're,
4: interview. They're
1: 5-1. If you haven't seen that interview, go to ysguys.com and, and listen to it or, or download the podcast. So they're up to
0: number 8? They went from 9 to yep, number 8? 9 to, to poll. 8.
1: They swept uh, number 15 UCSB, 3-1 and 3-0. And um, this this past weekend, that, and that's why they moved up a spot to number eight uh, in the poll. So congratulations to Sean and his crew. They uh, they have Princeton tonight and tomorrow night.
0: By the way, Michael Zimmerman on our stream says BYU won the first set. There you go. So they're at one
1: zero. um it Jeremy Jordan, Steve Vale. Uh, you know, always covering these games, these home games on BYU TV. So you see Irvine uh, uh, at BYU on Friday and Saturday. All these games are like doubleheader nights. Like so, they played Friday Saturday night. Um, which really maximizes the travel. That's at 7 p.m. That one's also on BYU. If you TV.
0: can't get in, watch it on BYU TV. Yeah, it's, it's tough great. to get in. Great this coverage is a and, and hot it, ticket. If you
1: can get in, it is so fun. That environment is amazing.
0: And you can see our Sean Olmstead interview at ysguys.com. If you get, if you get in great. Friday,
1: make sure you say hello to me. I'm going to go Friday. I'll be You're sitting, going Friday night? I'll be sitting right on that front row, right behind where can you where sit they with serve. Bruce. Yeah, I'm sit with Bruce. Nice
0: so. softball news. Cougars are picked seventh in the ten team. Big 12 preseason poll, uh, two-time defending national champ Oklahoma's pick number one. Yeah. Hunter Abbas the uh, made the preseason All-Big 12 team. They've got a lot of talent on that team. She's the only one that got there. I think there'll be a few more at the end of the season. Uh, the season begins February 6th against Missouri-Kansas City in Hawaii.
1: And Manoa, I'd be, I'd yeah. love to go do
0: that. Gordon Eakin, the head coach, is going to be on Wise Guys next week.
1: Yep, he'll, he'll fill us in on what he's got. And you know what? I know what he's going to tell us. They're going to be better than that in the league. He, he He's not afraid to say it. They're going to be much better than that in the league. Now, Oklahoma's going to be tough, but you watch. They're, they're going to be in the top five in that league. Um, how about Cougars in the NFL and how they did this? Like This was a big, long list all season long, but we're down to the – down to final the last four. few. We're down to the final four, right? Um, so Zane Anderson of the Packers versus Fred Warner of the Niners. Anderson did not play. Warner had seven tackles.
0: Anderson played in the game where they blew out the Cowboys, right, so had a, had a, lot a big of the bench guys in. Um, that one was too tight.
1: Warner also had a tackle for loss in that 24-21 win.
0: Yeah, the 49ers were lucky to get out of that
1: yeah. one. Yeah. This is going to be an interesting matchup now because the Lions? How can the Lions be good?
0: I don't know. But, but they, they are, and they're, they're really they good on D they got receivers, running backs, defense. And and,
1: and I keep saying every week, look, quarterback that everybody said was a giant bust, and he goes to a different team and has some players around him, and now Jared Goff is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Zach Wilson, that's all I have to say.
0: Let's get somewhere else. Kyle Van Noy and the Ravens, he had a solo tackle in their routes of Houston. And then uh, Andy Reid and the Chiefs squeaked one out. What a game a miss, that was. A missed
1: field goal at the end, right?
0: Yeah, I felt bad for the kicker who was on my fantasy team during part of the year, and I had to let him go because he was go. a little shaky. Uh, and before he made the kick, we were watching as a family. I go, you know, he's been a little shaky this year. I, I wished he would have made yeah, the that kick.
1: That was just a tie-it and go to yeah. overtime. I wish yeah.
0: he'd have made the kick, and then the Chiefs, in the last minute and a half, gone oh, down, and down and gone down and won kicked it. one of their own. Because yeah. then it would have been a better finish. I hate to... To, the game's decide on one you, guy after all that. You don't
1: want that. a game to be the result of the failure of one team. Yeah. You want it to be the success of a team. So I, I felt I bad for him. I agree with that. But I so. was
0: glad that uh, it worked out for the Chiefs and Andy Reid. He, I think he's got 24 playoff wins.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, and now
0: the, now the big games this week.
1: So, yeah, the Ravens and, and, the, and the Chiefs is big, 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 big. Who are you rooting for in that one?
0: I'm rooting – oh, man. You know what I'd kind of like to see is Van Noy and Warner – Against Both each backers, other in the Super Bowl. That'd be fun.
1: I I just I can't root against Andy.
0: Yeah, that's so a tough I have, one. I
1: have to go with the Chiefs. That's going to be then, a good
0: one. And Lions and 49ers, and I, home field might be everything in yeah, there. Yeah,
1: I'm, go- I'm, go- I'm going with the Niners just because of Fred. Yeah. So And they were, you know, we loved the Niners for years and years with Steve. And there, there was a lot of BYU players that were going through the Niners back in the day and coaching there and all of that and a lot of ties. So I still have a soft spot, but just because Kyle's there. I'm gonna, so I'm going to go with the Niners. How about and if Andy the gets the
0: Chiefs back? They won it last year. Yeah. And to get him back, it's so hard to get what, back. What,
1: what if they win it again? Yeah. That, he, he's already a Hall of Famer. Yeah. But does that put him where you go, ooh, is it Belichick or is it Reed for the greatest of all time?
0: Man. Belichick still got In a the few mod- more. In the modern day, I'll say. Yeah. Because and, and, and Belichick had Brady, and Reed's got Mahomes. I yeah. mean, two of the but greatest no, here, But Here's the
1: difference between Belichick and Brady. Belichick made his legacy on Brady you know, Andy started his legacy by getting to the Super Bowl with Donovan McNabb. Yeah and then he made it and won an AFC championship with Alex Smith. Like he hasn't had Mahomes his whole time and he's been successful without him. That to me that puts Andy above Belichick. All right and he's also a good friend so I'm a little biased. Let's
0: hope uh, let's hope that's a classic game. It's in Baltimore. it'll be cold, but it's cold in Kansas City. You know, it was rainy and didn't look great in San Francisco. It's like it's just weather all over the place
1: that time of year. But the Super Bowl will be indoors. And and usually, the weather in San Francisco is better in the winter. I spent people always like I spent a miserable winter in San Francisco one summer. Yeah, you know that's kind of the the thing about San Francisco because the winters a little usually clearer. So
0: all right, on this day, January twenty second, as we head down the home stretch, nineteen fifty one, Fidel Castro is thrown out of a baseball game after hitting a batter. Wow. And that's where the story ends. We don't know what happened to the yep. batter, the umpire who threw him out, Fidel or anyone else. N- not been known, you know, he <laughs> wasn't
1: known as a guy that's real forgiving. So we'll see so, what happens. That's just the one liner we got. Yep. So how about nineteen sixty eight? The NBA Awards expansion teams to Milwaukee and Phoenix. How about that? Yeah. Nineteen eighty three, the Houston
0: Rockets become the first NBA team to be held scoreless in an overtime period. Wow, Portland outscored him seventeen to nothing and beat him
1: one thirteen to ninety six. They just score a single point in overtime. That's crazy. Nineteen eighty four, the Los Angeles Raiders defeat Washington thirty eight nine in Super Bowl eighteen. Um, how about this a question? Which former BYU quarterback was the holder on special teams for the Raiders? Think about it. There weren't that many in the league at the time,
0: and but the we answer, already know the answer. The answer
1: is Mark Wilson. Um, and by the way. You can listen to him talk about that and how he made his way back from injury to behold in that game. He's He told us that story on Wise Guys. So go to wiseguys.com, listen to Mark Wilson's story. It's an awesome story. Yeah. And, and Mark's interview, my favorite part, maybe one of my favorite parts of our whole time doing the show, was toward the end of that interview when Mark Wilson goes, hey, can I tell you guys something I haven't told anybody for like 40 years? We like that. And we go, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then he told us the story of how he quit. Went into Lavelle Edwards' offense, office to quit because of what had happened with the coaching staff. Lavelle told him, don't quit. There's no reason to quit right now. Just hang in here. Give me some time. Brought Doug Scoville back. Mark comes back to be a first-team All-American in a first-round draft pick after he had decided he was going to quit. Lavelle talked him out of it.
0: And Super Bowl changed. And he
1: hadn't told anybody that story. And he told it. And I loved that moment. So the If you haven't heard that, you need to go back Find the Mark Wilson interview and listen to that Mark Wilson interview.
0: On this day in 1989, Bill Walsh retires after winning a third Super Bowl.
1: That brought yeah. in George Seifert. Right. And Steve Young. Yeah. And then in 2006, I will never forget this day, Kobe Bryant scores 81 points <laughs> against the Raptors in the Lakers' 122-104 to victory. It's the second highest scoring game in NBA history behind Wilt Chamberlain's 100 in 1962. 81 of their 122. He was unstoppable that night, yeah. and he. Yeah, it, Kobe Bryant doesn't get enough credit. I don't think for how good he was.
0: Fantastic, and and I think his last game. What do you get? Sixty uh, something against the Jazz. I think his yeah. last game. Yeah,
1: when he was, and he was not a youngin at that
0: point. No, no, but he he was
1: fantastic. Yeah, fantastic.
0: Birthday's on January twenty second, fourteen forty. Ivan the Great. The Grand Prince of Moscow and Russia,
1: Ivan the Great. How about 1934? Bill Bixby. That's the original
0: Incredible Hulk. It would always freak me out. You know when he'd get mad and then his eyes would go green. Yeah, that was then it was on. That was the original Hulk. 1949,
1: Steve Perry, lead singer of Journey, "Don't Stop Believing." 1965, DJ Jazzy Jeff. Yeah, I put that in there for you. Well, DJ Jazzy Jeff would hang around with Will Smith. DJ Jazzy Jeff, the French Prince of Bel Air, they did some stuff together. You bet they did. DJ Jazzy Jeff.
0: Deaths on this day in January twenty second, nineteen seventy three. President Lyndon B. Johnson.
1: Yeah, how about two thousand eight at a way too early age? Heath Ledger, the actor. Two thousand one on this day. Hank Aaron. What's your favorite Heath Ledger movie? I don't know. I like. I like. Uh, what's the one where he's a, a knight, and he jousts and all that stuff.
0: Uh, I have no idea. I'm not a DJ.
1: You always good on this one. He's a knight, and he's with Jeffrey Chaucer is, is his it, guy is that announces knight? him. And...
0: The Last night? No, the, the, the Last Samurai? I don't know. I
1: can't remember. That, but He played the
0: Joker, didn't he? Wasn't that his big thing? Yeah, some, somebody's gonna
1: have, somebody has to tell us that one where Heath Ledger is a knight, and he wins jousting and does all that kind of stuff.
0: 2021, we mentioned uh, Hank Aaron passing away, and he is our Wise Guys
1: inspirational quote of the week. Yeah, Hank Aaron said, My motto was always to keep swinging. Whether I was in a slump or feeling badly or having trouble off the field, the only thing to do was keep swinging. How about that? That's good advice. You know, when you run into trouble,
0: you just keep fighting. You keep trying, never give up, and he never gave up. By the
1: way, Michael, A Knight's Tale. A Knight's, a knight's Tale, knight's thank tale. you. Thanks, Michael. That's it, Michael. And, that, and Michael, am I right? That's a fun movie, A Knight's Tale. So, yep, Heath Ledger. He's hey, here's something
0: actor. of interesting that I think is a great place in this show. The USA... Top baby names of 2023, according to at baby names, um, baby name Sunday. Okay. The boys, the number one boy name in 2023 was Noah, Mm -hmm. not Blaine or Dave. In fact, we didn't even make the top 30 losing out to names like Maverick, Asher, Muhammad and Luca.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know the Blaine. Dave's probably been in the top. 10 at some point. But I, think, I think it had a nice run. I don't think the Blaine's ever had a run. It's a little new. We're not new even new. in the top 30. So, They're running out of people yeah. named now, Dave now the, and Now, the girl's top name for 2023 was Olivia. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. There's a lot of Olivia's. A lot of Olivia's. I just like... The question is, when the name's Olivia, do you call her Liv? Do you call her Olive? Do you call her Liv? What do you do? I don't know.
0: You know whatever you do, you, whatever you say, then you look at her mother real fast. And if you're getting the look of death, that's not that's the way to com- go with.
1: Mo- I, I know a bunch of Olivias, and they most of them go by Liv.
0: When is the last time you've been in a baby blessing? When the baby boy is named Dave or Blaine?
1: No, Dave had a run in the old days. Yeah, but not, not lately. I, they no. were running out of them. Yeah, and Blaine's never had a run.
0: In, that, in my life, there's you and my uncle Blaine. Those are the two Blaines.
1: Yeah, he's the only other Blaine I know. <laughs> no, I've known a couple others. So,
0: all right. So there you go. A special thanks to Ben Bywater. It was a fantastic interview. Jeff Chapman and Mark Durant. Was they, we at the trifecta tonight?
1: What a great night to two basketball legends and and uh, and Ben Bywater. Who do not be surprised if Ben Bywater is a leading tackler. On this BYU defense, we again should health. I hope we can go yeah, all thirteen games. Such years. a such a good representative of BYU and such a good guy. Let's let's hope for health for Ben Bywater this fall.
0: We're running out three more guests next week: Tyler Haas, the all-time leading scorer at BYU; Gordon Eakin, the softball coach; and Jerem Jordan. They'll all be with us next week. Uh, My book, C is for Cougar, is a great gift for birthday or any other particular reason. It's at DeseretBook.com, Amazon, and Segal Books. And we, there it is right there. Uh, And you can find it. It wasn't a holiday book. It just came out in the holidays. It's a 12-month-old year Dave's?
1: Any Dave's in there?
0: Uh, Just the one on the cover. Okay, and, and there's no Blaine's. There's no Blaine's. No Blaines. It would. Uh, it was going to be, uh, but then uh, Elden Forte beat out. Yeah, on I the, on the F page. And that's. Okay. I was going to put it on there, but then I thought everyone would go. He only put it on there because he broadcasted. Because that's his guy, and
1: then and then <laughs> and plus Eldon's a good friend. And when your nickname's the Phantom, you, you got to make.
0: You it have to be in the book if it's the so. Phantom tomorrow night. Blaine and I will see you at six o'clock Mountain Time on BYU TV and ESPN Plus. We'll count you down to tip off between. Uh, Number 21, BYU, and number four, Houston. How do you feel about that game?
1: I actually feel good about it because I feel like the Iowa State game prepared BYU for this game. Iowa State, it was a nails defensive basketball team. BYU really got them on their heels early in that game and kept them on their heels. And and Iowa State had a hard time adjusting because they had a hard time keeping up with BYU. I I feel like if BYU plays loose, they have a chance to do that tomorrow night. I, I like the matchup.
0: It's we, fun. We love when our live streamers say great show and good night. Thanks, Linda. Our podcast will be up tomorrow. Look for it. Share it with your friends. We'll see you tomorrow night on BYU TV and next week. Yep, then, we'll be here. Next week will be the night before the Big 12 schedule. Release. Maybe um, they'll float us a maybe, few.
1: Maybe we'll get a little early announcement. We'll, some see. Stuff. So we'll see. It's inside stuff. So we'll see you tomorrow night and Saturday for the Texas game. So Thanks, everybody. See ya.